to the Grave Plot Podcast. Merry Christmas, you assholes. This is episode 51 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And with us today, very special guest, Max Zaleski of Wrestling with Subtitles. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Good, good. As is customary around the holidays, we have opened our home to the less fortunate. Right. Oh. <laughs> only- I just assumed from your beard that you're homeless. Right. I got you. I got you. It's pretty epic. Oh, when was the last time you trimmed it? Um, two months ago. That's a long time. That's a very long time. I, uh, I've got some growth going here. It's the first time I've had a beard in several months, and it's driving me crazy. It does look rather cancerous. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so, it's Christmas time, guys. It is indeed. I'm surprised you're not wearing your stupid yeah. hat. Hollis Queens. What? Surprised you're not wearing your stupid hat. Oh, well, you know, I had to work today, so I didn't want to look like a fool in front of the people I work with. Never stopped you before. Sure. But, you know, uh, there's always time to turn a new leaf. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what's new? Not much. I, uh, you know, getting ready for Christmas. Mm -hmm. We, we, We had to ship a bunch of gifts back east. Yeah. Cost a hundred fucking dollars to ship... Four gifts. You should have just shipped empty boxes, and you could call the shipping charges their Christmas present. <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> or, you and know, like, go off of Amazon. That, well, that's why I ordered, but I had had them shipped here, and then I, like, put them together to send out to families. Why? So I could wrap them and stuff. Well, you can... There's gift wrap on a lot of Amazon. Gift yeah, but that costs, like, five bucks extra. Yeah, cheaper than $100. Yeah, well. He's got you there. <laughs> well, no, because each... Item like if you figure there's four items in a box, say that's twenty bucks. I guess that's still cheaper. Correct. Anyways, here's my point. Right, <laughs> the point is the the priority mailboxes. Mm-hmm. We we told the lady at the post office we're like these aren't big enough to fit any standard boxes like garment boxes, shoe boxes. They don't fit in here. And she was like, Yeah, I know. If we <laughs> if we did it that way, we'd lose money. So she basically said we made them awkward sizes so people won't use them. <laughs> Well, uh, tis the season. Fuck you, post office. Well, I mean, what are they trying? To, they're trying to get you to get like bigger boxes, I guess. Well, if you use your own box, they charge you more for shipping. These are the flat rate boxes. They charge you more. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Okay, the flat rate boxes, sure. Yeah, they made all the flat rate boxes awkward sizes so people wouldn't use them. Well, conspiracy. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know. I. Uh, when I was running my Etsy shop and, you know, making those scarves, mm. uh, I would stuff them in to the, to the um, Tyvek envelopes. Oh, like, yeah. They were not meant to fit in there. <laughs> but they say if you can get it closed and it's under the weight limit, then they will ship it. So, fuck you. <laughs> Work the system. There you go. Damn the man. Fight the power. Save the empire. Uh, how about you, Max? You know, getting ready for Christmas, meeting, uh, meeting my, my fiance's, uh, family who is all Mormon. So that's a horror all in itself. Oh, <laughs> that sh- that should be so much fun. So that'll be exciting. Other than that, you know, just, uh, bopping around, uh, excited for our, uh, for our show tonight. Yeah. Uh, what's new with me? Not a lot. Um, yeah, Christmas stuff, getting Christmas shopping finished. That's a fucking nightmare. I mean, I'm done now. But uh, I was 
very broke because I, th- I don't know, remember if I talked about this last episode or not, but uh, you know, Black Friday sales. If you find something you actually intended to buy, it's like you're a fool not to take advantage of the sales, especially if you don't have to actually go into a store to do it. Um, so I did that with a few things and regretted it for two weeks until I got paid again. Yeah. So I was using my credit card for a lot of things, which is always a nightmare. Um, yeah. Just trying to keep busy. No TV to watch. All the shows are over. All my fucking, oh, yeah. All my fucking programs are over. I still got to watch the uh, the season finale of Elevator. Oh, I, I I haven't watched that in a while. You should. It's on Hulu. I know it's on Hulu. That's where I watched it. It's good. It's good. God damn you. Uh, yeah, got to wait for fucking Sweeps. Sweeps is still... Is Ash vs. Evil Dead, is that the season over? That's a good question. I haven't watched... I, I didn't watch last weekend, so now I'm... Lost. I, mm. I need. I need to get back on on track. Just be excited because in January, January twenty sixth or twenty seventh, Lucha Underground season mm. two. It's going to be a sci fi show, not on sci fi, but it's going to be like aliens and shit. Uh, Lucha Underground. You talked about it before. Yeah, it's the best wrestling on TV. Oh, it really is. It's a a sci fi show. Yes. Hit me up, Prince Puma. Let's go. Do it. I think Pentagon Jr. would look awesome in a Grave Plot podcast shirt. I agree. If uh, if he contacts any uh, any one of us, I'll let him know. I don't know who you're talking about. Also, season two is going to feature Joey Ryan and his penis of death. Penis of doom. Well, <laughs> he sounds like they got quite a show. He just signed on to you porn as well. <laughs> He's going to do porno. Oh, lucha porno. Well, probably not lucha porno, but I'd watch it. <laughs> I'll probably watch it anyway. I think the world needs lucha porno. I totally agree, especially after that China horror that happened. Right. We're all scarred for ages. Anybody that watched it. We all had to see her giant clit. Mm. None of us had to see it, but we watched it anyway. <laughs> we she all is the did. Clit commander. <laughs> she is indeed. I think well, not, like, X-Pac would be the click commander, yeah. wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I went to Taylor Swift cover night last week. Oh. <laughs> I was dragged to Taylor Swift cover night. Speaking of horror, how was that? It actually wasn't bad. I mean, some of the, the some of the bands were a little too, like, indie or poppy, but some, some of them was all right. Uh, I got nothing. I would rather do anything else. <laughs> I mean, it was a live show. That was fun. Who took it? It didn't sound like Taylor Swift. Her songs are shit, though. Yeah, but if you took, like, a fucking devil you know did a cover of Taylor Swift, it wouldn't sound like Taylor Swift, and you wouldn't think it was shitty. Come on, Tony. Just, just shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> God damn it. Can we, can we cut his mic? <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah, this is our Christmas episode. Christmas. Uh, like last year, we uh, watched two Christmas horror movies. Christmas. Yay. Um, and uh, we have a, an interview 
with the director of one of the movies we're watching, um, or we watched. We already did it. We're not currently watching it. No. That would not be hard to do. And unprofessional. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. Unless we were really drunk. Right. <laughs> Which we are going to do later. Right. Was that supposed to be a surprise? I don't know. No, it's supposed to be really. a gift. Huh? It's supposed to be a gift. How right. dare you bestow that upon everybody without letting everybody know first? They don't know what the gift is yet, though. Uh, that's true. It's still technically wrapped. Well, we're doing a drunken cinema later. But they don't right? know what movie I mean. <laughs> it is Christmas related. Yes. Uh, because why else? We're, Die Hard. Would we do it? No. no. <laughs> Although that would be awesome. It's not Santa's sleigh either. No. But that would also be awesome. <laughs> I think we. Next uh, year, drunken cinema, Santa's sleigh with Max. Uh, I'm all about it. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> um, anyway, so. And then we've got our, we're going to do our gift, gift exchange mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. Don't know where. We'll figure it out. I mean, we could do it now, I guess. I uh, let's do horror business. All right. All right. Starting off with some real world horror. True story. I th- he was about to hit you. I saw it. <laughs> I thought we were past that. I thought he had grown beyond that. No. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Don't support this. I was hoping you would chime in, Max. <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, neighborhood in Memphis uh, has been taken over by spiders. Eight-legged freaks. Yes. Uh, this is not a horror story. This is real life. Um Basically, millions of spiders just infested this town, uh, and they came out of a half-mile-long web. What, they just made one long web? Apparently. It's fucked up, man. Right? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, the residents you know, basically say, yeah, it's a fucking horror movie outside. Maybe they didn't say fucking, I don't know. I don't know these people. It's Memphis. Weird things happen. If there was a million spiders outside, I'd be pretty fucking vulgar. Yeah. I I use fuck as basically every form of speech. Uh, Yeah, they said they're they're in the air and they're flying around everywhere. Um, Flying? Flying. Have you never seen a spider fly? I have, but not millions of them. Yeah, it's... At that point, it's like one giant spider. It's Spider-Nado. <laughs> Don't give them... <laughs> Spider-Cane. You know, th- this is like... Uh, you know, you see those memes that say, burn it, burn it with fire? Yeah. Um, that's like that's this. Just burn the whole neighborhood. Plus, it's Tennessee, so nobody would care. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you could just build new shanties. That's That's so mean. <laughs> I don't know that they actually live in shanties. Maybe they do. I don't know. You best correct yourself before you wreck, wreck yourself. You wrecked yourself? Please don't be erected. I'll give you the Joey Ryan penis of doom. <laughs> um, now, it's my understanding that these spiders aren't poisonous or you know deadly or dangerous even. Yeah, yeah that's what some zoologist or some fucking crackpot 
quack dumbass some asshole fucking scientist bitch <laughs> oh I'm fucking a scientist fucking I know science everything. bitch <laughs> I do things according to facts <laughs> you're scientific data <laughs> you're wearing glasses it doesn't work they don't need to know that we've got a we've got a curtain of illusion here broke kayfabe sorry <laughs> um yeah, so the neighbors uh, say they they covered their the the walls and doors and uh, it just went on a killing spree. Not the spiders, although that would be interesting. <laughs> I'm told they're not poisonous, but they killed everyone. <laughs> Everyone's dead now. <laughs> so, uh, so five years over under on on when this trend gets turned into a shitty movie. Under. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a platinum dunes movie. <laughs> I'm thinking this might be a sci-fi movie, like Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, um, it'll be called Spider NATO. You know, there's like an island or something. I think uh, in Asia. I think it was Asian, <laughs> um, but there, like this, it, it looks like it snowed pretty much all year, but it's not snow. It's spider webs. Fuck <laughs> that. I know. What a fucking nightmare. Like, I'm not... I don't have arachnophobia, but if I had to deal with that many spiders You would have arachnophobia. Yeah, then you would. I mean, maybe, you know, you get past the point where you're scared of them and just become frustrated. Annoyed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, how, like, for instance, I hate my upstairs neighbors because they're loud assholes. And the little kid stands in the window with no pants on. Right, Winnie. Look at my tang tang. Just Winnie the pooing, asking if people are coming into his apartment. He does that. That's not made up. <laughs> I do listen to the show. Right. <laughs> right. I, for, I keep forgetting Max is actually like a legitimate <laughs> one of our listener. few listeners. Yeah. One of three. <laughs> turns out. Yeah. Um, Sweet, we have three now. Um, well, including I'm, us, they're all in this, all yeah. this room. <laughs> God, our, my wife and your girlfriend. My wife, my, my wife. wife doesn't even listen to the show. Your girlfriend doesn't listen to the show. Now her excuse is that she lives it. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, I know it is. You should no. you should just have it playing during sex or something? Yeah, listen to this. I love to listen to my own voice yeah. while I fuck. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> fucking spiders, man. <laughs> yeah, Don't you hate them? Bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you may not be afraid of spiders, but I think everybody hate, fucking hates spiders. Well, maybe not everyone, but I think most people just Unless hate Unless you're sp- a Sasuke. Right. Yeah, there's some weird people out there that, you know, have like tarantulas as, as pets. That's just backwards. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Fucking spiders, man. Hate them. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, so we've got Shutter. We've got, I think it's called like Horror Box or something. There's Screen Box. Screen Box, there you go. There's a handful of, of horror streaming services out there. And now there's a new one that's going to be all trauma all the time. Uh, it's called because that's what the world's asking for. Yeah, uh, it's called Trauma Now, and the rollout 
includes such classics as the the Toxic Avenger, of course. Naturally. Tromeo and Juliet, which is apparently written by James Gunn. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah. The yeah. Avengers, dude? Yeah. Yeah. That's where you got it. No. Uh, yes. No, no, it's not. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians, oh, yeah. Guardi- okay. Um, yeah. He, him and uh, Joe Lynch. Yeah, I knew Joe Lynch got to start there. Both got yeah, start at Troma. Um, That's like when uh, when Gunn was on the movie crypt. He he and Lynch were commiserating about their time. They were collating each other over. Yeah, yeah. I know Lloyd uh, Kaufman. <laughs> Everyone knows fucking Lloyd Kaufman. I know Lloyd Kaufman. My mom knows Lloyd Kaufman. She went to school with him. That's a lie. She didn't. <laughs> Glad you clarified. <laughs> That's a lie. Shouldn't have said it. Sorry. <laughs> Made it up. <laughs> Uh, Troma Now will also feature episodes of Troma's Edge TV and the Chainsaw Sally Show, as well as the entire first season of Sergeant Kabuki Man's Cocktail Corner. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man of the NYPD. <laughs> yep. So good. Uh, Troma Now also features every kind of genre, like romantic comedies such as Lolly Love, starring Jenna Fisher, <laughs> Pam Beasley herself. Uh, and documentaries like Fart of Darkness. Well. Which is a documentary about farts. Probably. I don't darkness. know. Farts in the darkness. Fart, farting in Lighting dark your rooms. farts in the darkness. Yes. Uh, what's this? You skipped over something about Kevin Costner? Um, yeah, apparently he was in a trauma movie called Sizzle Beach USA. Wow. He must have really needed to eat. He must have been like 17. I guess is is trauma even that old? I don't know. I don't know. Max, do you know? Really? Don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Max, what are your thoughts? Um, if if this is something that you're interested in, then you can check it out at trauma.vhx.tv. Um, but you can also just go to the Trauma Movies YouTube channel and watch most of the shit for free. <laughs> 1974. This guy. On top of it. Fact checker man. Doing like research and shit. That's why we got him. Yep. Make us look smart. Trauma films are Z movies. Known for their surrealistic and automatistic nature. Shock exploitation films. Good to know. Good to know. Sounds thrilling. Yeah. that it, None of these movies. Oh my god. They had so many movies with people like Carmen Electra, Billy Bob Thornton. Kevin Costner, Billy Bob, J.J. Abrams, Samuel L. Jackson, Marissa Tomei, and Michael Isle White. I don't know that guy. Michael Jai White? Oh, Michael Jai White. My bad. Black uh, Dynamite? Yeah. <laughs> Spawn? <laughs> so yeah, it looks like this is going to run you five bucks a month, but you can get a free trial, which I don't, I don't know how long the free trial is, but... Or again. Or again. Watch can, them free on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, they'll, they'll it, probably end up cutting that off at some point, I imagine. Yeah, but if nobody pays for it, they're going to have to go back on YouTube. True. Looks yeah. like it's a 30-day free trial. If True that's... stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're past that. <laughs> Although, I guess this isn't really not a true story. It's really happening. So is this something you guys are going to sign up for or what? No. You all about this, some trauma now? I'm not a, I'm not a big trauma geek like a lot of people are. Me neither. I don't particularly care for it. I like... Um, Toxic Avenger and um, Return to Nukem High. Yeah. Or, no, sorry, Classic Nukem High. Return to Nukem High sucked. 
I didn't know anything about trauma until mm, about five minutes ago. Hey, oh. well, now you learned something. Oh. You've never seen Toxic Avenger? Nope. Oh, we gotta we gotta change that. Yeah, it's the best worst movie you'll ever see. Better than like Thanks Killing. Yes. Yes. Mm, that was pretty good. Definitely better <laughs> than Thanks Killing Three. Yeah. Not hard to do. Yeah, then again, a wet fart is better than Thanks Killing 3. Yeah. Hey, but you can learn about that on Fart of Darkness. Fart of Darkness. <laughs> Bringing it around. Their, their next one is Swedish Periscope, right? <laughs> it's back. Of Darkness. Uh, hold on. Sorry. I got to handle some business here. Please don't handle your business in front of us. Shh, here she comes. Tony's handling his business. <laughs> Don't watch me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we done with Trova? Yeah. All right. So Joe Hills, uh, that's... Stephen King's son for use at Stephen King Jr. for for you I, I actually almost said for use at home <laughs> use guys <laughs> for you all at home um his book Nosferatu is coming That's Nos the number 4 a the number 2 oh, for some reason that is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever seen <laughs> uh i got to say i mean i'm i'm you know big Stephen King fan i am not Especially familiar with Joe Hill's stuff. All I really know is horns. Yeah, me too. And only because we watched it. Yeah. Be- before we watched it, I actually had no idea that was a book of his. So Yeah, me neither. Um, but this book sounds actually similar to something that his dad might write. I, I talked to my dad about it, and he said that their writing style is very similar. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess is to be expected. They look exactly the fucking same. <laughs> I haven't seen Joe Hill before. Oh, he looks like a young Stephen King. That's unfortunate. It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, Nosferatu was a book from 2013. Uh, it's about uh, Victoria Vic McQueen, uh, a young woman with uncanny talent for finding lost things, a gift that is gradually destroying her mind. Her search for help leads her to someone with powers not unlike her own, the psychopath Charlie Manx who has survived for a century by abducting children in his 1938 Rolls-Royce Wraith license plate NOS4A2. Oh, there it is. And it comes around again. It's it's a circle. It's a circle. Circle guys. of jerk. <laughs> yep. Circle of jerks. That's us. Yep. <laughs> this is more of a triangle. There's three of us. Shut up. Um, <clears throat> well, geometrically uh, speaking... <laughs> Once again, you both are wearing glasses. <laughs> um, scientifically speaking. Uh, it's really more of a parallelogram. <laughs> and draining his passengers of their souls to keep himself forever young. Forever young. Doesn't this uh, kind of sound like uh, like Chucky, child's playing with a car? A bit, a bit, yes. Uh, you know, what made me instantly think of uh, Stephen King and, you know, similarities in style is this actually sounds 
at its core, pretty similar to um, Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to The Shining. Um, so, yeah. That spooky Lamp and all that. Spooky Lamp? Family Guy episode. <laughs> they're like, Spooky Lamp. <laughs> Stephen King's new book. <laughs> right. How about my desk my Friday? Uh, when Manx kidnaps Vic's own son, she'll plunge into the impossible nightmare world that lies just beneath the surface of everyday America in a desperate attempt to get him back. Um, so what do you, what do you think guys? Um, I think people are probably wondering why you're talking about a book from 2013. Did I not mention this? No, not at all. No, I had, I had to set it like at the beginning. No, you didn't. Didn't. Well, (laughs) special news guys. (laughs) Listen up, lend an ear, uh, is that the novel is being developed into a TV show for AMC. Oh. <laughs> I got to the point eventually. <laughs> I could have sworn I said You know how to keep people in suspense. <laughs> uh, this, this sounds interesting. Uh, I'm not much of a weekly TV show watcher. Uh, I watch everything on Netflix or on band or, or, or anything after, after it airs. Yeah. Uh, but this is a show... Um, it sounds interesting, mm-hmm. and uh, if they, if if even in a little bit they they play on the whole Nosferatu thing, that would be cool. If they have like some allusions to like you know Dracula or so, or something, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, like um, you know, talking about Doctor Sleep, I think I've explained it to Taylor. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but the premise is that Danny Torrance uh, is fighting against a group of people that have, again, lived for centuries by absorbing the shine from people with the shining. The shining. The, the shining. Shh, you want to get sued? Um, and several times throughout the book, they're referred to as vampires. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm into Stephen King. Um, I, I get pretty pumped when I see something of his is being adapted, even though nine times out of ten they're absolute shit. Um, but you know something that's very similar to his own work, and I'm, I'm sure Joe Hill probably hates that. I, to to an extent, I'm sure he hates being compared to his dad. Well, he's his son, so that's always going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Joe Hill's not actually even his name. I think he did the Nicolas Cage thing and went by a pen name. Mm. So he didn't, you know, there wasn't any nepotism involved, but then the seeker got out. Cause they look exactly the fucking same. <laughs> wasn't hard to guess. We're only making this TV show because you look like somebody who did good about 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, AMC thoughts on that. I don't know. I mean, they've done okay. By The Walking Dead, so... But Fear the Walking Dead sucks donkey nuts. Yeah, but I don't blame AMC for that. Fair. Uh, have you watched Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, no, that's the one that started out on a plane, right? Uh, yes and no. That was like a web series <laughs> thing. No. It was like a web... I haven't watched Walking Dead thing. since like season two. Oh, well. And I, we were watching it on Netflix and I just lost interest. It's really hard to watch two seasons of something and it not really go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, season two, that was 
that was a hump that you had to get over. Yeah, season two was not good. Um, but, I mean, season three, four, and, you know, a lot of people seem to bitch about this past season. People like to bitch about everything. That's true. Um, but I think it's it's doing pretty well. I mean, the whole Alexandria thing is getting a little thin. Yeah, I think it's run its course. Um, but it, I also think it's about to end. Oh, so do I. I mean, I... Like the series? No, the just oh, this story oh, arc. The story. No, the, the, the angle. <clears throat> yeah. Was it the showrunner thinks that Walking Dead could run for, what do you say, like 20 years? 20, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> please. <laughs> don't do it. Please. Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. AMC, it seems like they're spreading themselves a little thin. With, as far as horror, because they well, then I mean, they're doing fucking Empire of the Dead too, and Preacher. Oh, that's right, they're doing Empire Preacher. of the Dead is the the Romero <clears throat> one, right? Yeah. yeah, the one that probably not going to be very good, right? Yeah. Okay, Preacher looks good or sounds good. Yeah, I watched the trailer for it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, it's um, Dominic something Purcell. No, no. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was Dominic Purcell. It's <laughs> a big, thick, mean-looking asshole. Well, he was in. Um, Oh shit! He was Dracula in Blade Trinity. Yes, he is currently. Um, shit, what's the guy's name? I don't know, but he is a character he's in the. the thing. Fl- what? He's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's like he's Captain Cold's partner in the Flash and Arrow. Gotcha. Uh, he he's a he's a firebug. Gotcha. I can't remember his character name. Anyway. Uh, but no, uh, Dominic something. He played Bucky in Captain America. And uh, Joseph Gilgan from, Misf- the, uh, from Misfits. I fucking love that guy. He's hilarious. So, uh, But yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, AMC is, it, it's, it's turning into a horror, horror network, which I suppose is cool. But at the same time, I'm a little concerned that they're going to start just getting repetitive, like basically lazy with all their shows at the same time. Or maybe... You know, or just picking up shit to try and fill spots. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Uh, this is being produced by Tormon- Tormonti? Torm- Tormanti? Torment. Mm. Ment. Mantis, uh, Tormod, Tormod, Tormod TV, something. Um, they're looking for a writer, so that's nice. You think they'd, you know, make that kind of announcement after they'd already gotten things going? Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, they already have a writer. The guy who like wrote the book. Maybe he doesn't know how to write screenplays, like his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. So speaking of things being adapted for TV, the Dark Horse comic Harrow County is being adapted for Syfy. I don't know that. I don't either. I don't know what it is. I know it's written by Colin Bunn. Bunn? (laughs) Uh, And illustrated by Tyler Crook. 
And I know that it's about Emmy, who has always known that the deep, dark woods surrounding her home crawled with ghosts, goblins, and the restless dead. The deep, dark dick. Whoa. The deep, dark farts. <laughs> the fart of darkness. <laughs> Uh, on the eve of her 18th birthday, she learns that she is connected to these creatures and to the land itself in a way she never imagined. For she is the reincarnation of a powerful witch who was put to death on the very day Emmy was born. For this reason, the townsfolk mean to kill her, too. In order to survive, Emmy must embrace the unusual powers at her command. This sounds dumb. It's for sci-fi. What do you expect? <laughs> like Every couple of years, this type of like movie or TV show get, starts getting made. Cause I know that I'm pretty C- sure this exact TV show gets made. Yeah, they had like a CW show that was kind of like it when CW first started. Uh, sci-fi has definitely had some sort of bullshit like this before. Uh, and I know that uh, uh, Fear, uh, Fear before it became not Fear, FearNet, had, had a show like that when it, when it first started, too. Uh, that sounds very familiar, but like this show, this show sounds like a rehash. Yeah, it sounds very generic, just witch stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even necessarily this exactly, but it's like, oh, you know, finding out that you're a descendant of you know some powerful being. It's like, give me a fucking break. It's like it's Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. It's the same thing. Totally. Yeah. You guys gonna watch it or what? Probably not. We'll have a, we'll have a viewing no. party. You wanna go check out? You wanna go get the comic and just check it out? The comic might be, be cool. available on the Kindle. It might be. It might. It might be. be in. Might be interesting. I mean, who's the dude? Uh, Cullen Bun. Cullen Bun. Some fucking guy. It sounds like a vampire. We don't wanna watch it. <laughs> Cullen. I don't know, an old neighbor named Colin. My sister dated him. Sounds like a parody of Colton Dunn. Who? Chicken and the biscuits and the chicken. Um, yep. The series is being written by uh, Rebecca Kirsch. Thanks, Max. Right. She wrote Dominion, and uh, she's also a writer for the, the, the 12 Monkeys series. Uh, Dominion's get, got a what second season, third season, whatever they're on now. So apparently, people watch it, but people apparently already all, also watch Z Nation, which is just a bunch of doo doo. Has anyone watched the Twelve Monkeys series? Has it started? I'm pretty sure the series, the season is over. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I really like the movie. Yeah, I don't watch sci-fi as a rule. Is that what channel it's on? I think so. No, that's probably why I haven't seen it then. I don't know. Divergent wasn't too bad. Divergent? Divergent. The one that came out with the game at the same time, where, like, the actions in the game swayed the TV and vice versa. It was really fucking weird. It was, like, three or four years ago. Not familiar. It was pretty good. Yeah, me neither. It was, like, one season. Huh. Interesting. I remember a movie called Divergent, but... Well, yeah, that, that, that's... Because it just came out, like, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, they're yeah. doing another one. Right. I saw a trailer for it when I saw Krampus. Divergenter. <laughs> More diverged. Um, yeah, those movies look stupid, and I really can't stand Shailene Woodley. Yeah. And fuck sci-fi. Right. Hey, but sci-fi has that uh, face-off show. It's pretty pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that. Face-off is pretty cool. Except when all, like, this... 
the drama starts because yeah. they got to have drama in the reality Nobody series. Fuck about you calling somebody a bitch. Yeah. And that one judge just keeps getting douchier every season. He does. Oh, my God. Oh, the guy with the oily hair. Yeah. Looks like a fucking douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I started watching old episodes from season one. I think I got through to, like, season two before I just stopped watching it for whatever reason. Um, and or maybe it was season three. I don't know. Several seasons in. And then I started watching it again semi-recently and watched this most current season. And, oh, my God, he can't be stopped. Like, he keeps he keeps topping himself. I don't know how it's possible. It was like he met a gypsy who was like, douchier, douchier. <laughs> Same guy Chris Angel saw, right? right. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Didn't Chris Angel's son just die? Chris Angel has a son? Leukemia, like, oh, like he's a year and a half. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But it is a bummer, not kind of, but... Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, but I hate you so much, but I feel bad. Yeah. How dare you make me pity you? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Let's move on. Fuck sci-fi. Twin Peaks knockoff, Wayward Pines is getting a second season. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be a one-time miniseries, but, you know, money happens. I like money. Uh, is, she, uh, is M. Night Shyamalan still involved? I have no idea. Oh, I hate that guy. Swerve. What? Twist. Swerve. That's all of it. Oh, yes. Took me a second. It's all good. <laughs> uh, second season's going to pick up at the end of the first one. Kind of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like, you know. They're going to go back in time. Right. It's going to be a prequel season. Um, uh, new Arrival... In Wayward Pines, finds himself in the middle of a serious rebellion as the residents battle over how to preserve the endangered human race. So Matthew Dillon's not even going to be in it? I guess. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wayward Pines was a huge hit for us this past summer, said Fox Broadcasting Entertainment President David Madden. Uh, we're absolutely blown away by the mysterious and surprising world that Knight and his team created. It was Manite. What? Manite? Manite. Uh, I was bowling with me the other night. He was like, why do people keep saying my name wrong? <laughs> What's that? Scrubs. Uh, I don't remember that. The janitor. Hmm. Claimed that he knew Manite Shyamalan. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the world that he created, it was Twin Peaks. More or less. Let's be real here. Wasn't it based on a book, too? Uh, you might be right about so that. So he didn't really create it? Not really, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts? Anyone? Did anybody actually watch Wayward Pines? I watched a handful of episodes, but I didn't finish it. Me neither. I, I watched like the first two <clears throat> or three, maybe. I heard that it was on, but 
M9 Shyamalan doesn't really intrigue me at all. Right? It's a turnoff. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I'll see his name, and it doesn't even have to be, like, in a writing credit or directing. Like, if he's a producer, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why I ended up watching Devil was because of uh, you guys. When you guys reviewed Devil? Mm-mm. The- it's before our time. <laughs> and we wouldn't review that. No? Oh. Might have been a other horror podcast. Oh. You listen to other horror podcasts? Horror. Oh, you, you slut. Hey, you guys only, like, tape, like, twice a month. It's true. That's all you need. Well, sometimes three. We're not bi-monthly. We're semi... We're... Bisexual. I fortnightly. Bisexual, yes. <laughs> I like to use the word fortnightly. Maybe right. I was talking to Taylor about Devil. All right, That's Abraham possible. Lincoln. That's four score. Can they? Can Fox just put all of their like money and and effort into X Files? Sure, all of it. Fuck everything else. I Fox feel- News, sports, X Files. Do it. It seems like after this this six episode event, though, I, I don't get the feeling they're going to do any more X Files. They're going to do one more movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, as far as TV, I mean, that's fine. There's going to be six hours of TV. Well, Plus yeah. a two-hour movie. Yeah, well, Fox has a lot of money. Well, yeah, and they're going to keep on throwing it towards M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong. Yeah, well, there are worse things they could throw it out, I guess. Like Ann Coulter? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is she on CNN? I don't know. Oh. No, they'll, they'll, they'll just create a new uh, uh, American Idol or something. Because this one's ending. It'll oh, be God. like... Intercontinental Idol. Canadian Idol. Hey. Yeah. Can Canadian, Canadian Idol. <laughs> Saying that they're going to end Canadian American Idol? Idol, that's that's fucking nonsense because it's going to be back next season in some other form. The Voice, X Factor. America's Got Talent. They should have a show where they have a catapult and they just catapult people into walls. They can call it Catapult. And have, like, people text in and vote and be like, who's next? Like, Bieber and... Bieber and... Kardashians and... Taylor Swift. Well, Kardashians would just bounce off because they're... Because they're all... Giant ass. ass, yeah. Yeah. First up would be Kanye West. Yes, Fuck that guy. Yes, please. I'm wondering where Running Man is. I'm waiting for that to start. It's behind... It's behind the new season of Twin Peaks, which is never going to happen. <laughs> no, they released a trailer today. They did? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Okay. You yeah. know what also released a trailer? Silent Hills. Oh. Oh. Ah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, the, you're talking about X-Files. Um, Dude, that I, was so long ago. I was trying to fix my headphones. I wasn't involved. Maybe you should quit fucking with shit. Maybe you should quit <laughs> fucking with, with you. Get one. <laughs> Shut up. Got him. But we talked about this handful of episodes ago. Like, every show on Fox is X-Files. Wayward Pines? X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Sleepy Hollow's X-Files. Bones is X-Files. I'm going to use a joke that you guys used two weeks ago. <laughs> X-Files is X-Files. Yep. It's true. It's damn true. Um, Tony just made a Kurt Angle reference. Right. <laughs> I'm so proud. 
What? I don't think he... He doesn't even know he did it. God damn it. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Sorry, guys. Me and Max going to go start our own wrestling podcast without you. Nobody will listen, ever. <laughs> You'll fail. He, he has more Twitter followers than we do. He'll come crawling back. They always come back. Plus, I have all the equipment. Sometimes they come back. Stephen King. Very good. <laughs> are we done with Wayward Pines? Can we move on? I, I Are we done? I, I'm Wayward done. Pines? I don't have any more to say about this stupid can, show. Can we move on? <laughs> Some exciting news. Deathgasm 2 is coming all over your face, neck, and chest. I'm aroused. Have you seen Deathgasm? I haven't. Oh my god, it's so good. Like, good good? or No, it's good. Okay. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Is it's, it like a, like a legitimate horror film? No. Oh. It's like a comedy film? Yeah. Okay. But it's really But it's got like that like, evil dead kind of vibe. Okay. Where it like kind of takes itself seriously as a horror film, but it's so over the top. Yeah. Yeah. The only the real problem I had with it is that it's from New Zealand, and some of the like when the guys are possessed by demons, they put this really heavy um, like echo on their voice, and so it's hard to understand them. But it's a fun movie. I gotcha. Um, so yeah, the sequel is going to be titled Deathgasm Two Gormageddon, and uh, writer director Jason Lee Howden says, "So I just finished this." There is literally more gore in the first 10 minutes than the entire first Deathgasm. If you kind of liked the first, this will make your head implode. If you thought the first Deathgasm was puerile, juvenile, and dumb, then Gormageddon will melt your face off and force you to barricade yourself inside, safe with some Terrence Malick and Coldplay. So, that sounds fun. So when is it uh, coming to theaters? Uh, well, he just finished the screenplay, so they got to film the thing first. Mm, that's not close enough. Teasing, bitch. <laughs> Whore. Whore. Uh, I, I, My I, body is ready. That's all I'm saying. I'm just wondering what they're going to do. I mean, the first movie was about the end of the world, so I think it's just going to do that But it again. didn't happen. This time it is. <laughs> Maybe a different band is going to play, what was it, the Black Hymn? Something like that, yeah. Maybe a different band will play it or something. Of course, then it's just the same fucking movie. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't either, but I'm looking forward to it. All right. Substantial. I don't really know what to say. All right. I guess I should have stuck it in remains, but whatever. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Uh, so, uh, Grave Plot favorites, uh, the Saskas, are set to write, produce, and star in a new movie called Puppet Killer. Puppet Killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? 
Uh, it's going to be directed by Lisa Overies. No, that's not what that says. <laughs> Ovies. It's like a cute term for ovaries. <laughs> it's like when your girl gets her period, she's like, oh, my ovies hurt. Like menses. Does, does your girlfriend actually say that? No. Listen, because my if wife she did, I'd be like, your my what? wife doesn't. Uh, Maybe she should. I'll, I'll, I'll run it by her. All right. Um. Yes, uh, it's her directorial debut. Uh, it's being written by Kevin Mosley of Suspension fame. Do you know Suspension? I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the Saskas. Uh, it's going to be about years after the mis- mysterious di- disappearance of his stepmother, Jamie and his friends return to his family's cabin that hold a very dark secret for Christmas getaway. Oh, c- Cabin in the Woods. How original. Yeah. Oh, I guess we don't know it's in the woods. Could be on the beach. You don't put cabins on the beach. Don't be stupid. You know where it is. <laughs> you know what this is. Um, uh, Christmas getaway, but the holiday, holidays always have a way of letting these things out. Convinced that his childhood puppet is a magically animated killer. Okay, that took a turn. <laughs> uh, will Jamie be able to save his friends from a bloody body count? I almost said bloody buddy. <laughs> uh, blood body from a blood body count. Pretty sure it's supposed to be bloody. Okay. Uh, or is he the one who is actually crazy? So I want to I want to bring up in the uh, in the uh, w- uh, before seeing Krampus, there was a there was a trailer for a movie that sounds almost exactly like this. Uh, but the I, boy, the boy. Uh, Except it's not in like a mansion, or it's not in a cabin, but it's in a mansion. And I thought that I heard had heard about Puppet Killer Killer before seeing the trailer for the boy. Uh, and this sounds fairly fairly similar. So I'm I'm interested yeah. to see if if they can differentiate too much because the boy looked creepy as fuck. I must have gotten different trailers than you guys because. My trailers were shit. <laughs> I got... What the fuck is that? This is the puppet. From this movie? Yeah. Oh, my God. His um, name is Simon. He looks like he's from Sesame Street, man. Oh, no. Yeah. They're going to turn it into, like, a campy film. Oh, it's definitely going to be comedy. Okay. Well, as long as it's going to be comedy, that's fine. Uh, it stars two more former Grave Pot uh, guests, uh, Gigi Sao Guerrero. Guerrero. My tongue's too big for my mouth. You're trying to spice it up. Guerrero. You're not spicy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm very not spicy. <laughs> you're very bland. Yeah. You're like milk toast. Milk but steak. <laughs> milk. Boiled, boiled over hard. With a side of jelly beans. <laughs> Uh, it stars Gigi Saul Guerrero and Tristan Risk. Like I said, both former Grave Plot podcast guests. Mm-hmm. Nice ladies. Quite. Um, filming starts December 18th. That's today. today. Not for you guys. You're listening to this one. That was fucking four days, five, six days ago. Ah, but we what had an advantage. We live in the past. We did date the episode. Sucks. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck you, man. 
We usually do that at the beginning so people know if something breaks over the weekend, why we don't talk about it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not telling you how to run your podcast, but come on. Good. <laughs> By the way, today, December 18th, is Stone Cold's 51st birthday, and this is episode 51. Give me a hell yeah. He's only 51? Yeah. Huh. Okay. He's been retired for 16 years. Has it been that long? How fucking crazy is that? Wow. That's a lie. That was 2003. My bad. (laughs) 13 years. Close. But no cigar. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Starts December 18th in VBC. I guess that's Vancouver, British Columbia. That would be, yeah. Yep. So... I don't know about this one. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. It sounds. It sounds like it like uh, should be like a short. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a Christmas horror movie. Maybe do it on like happen. Crackle or something. Like Maybe you, you can follow the puppet on Twitter. <laughs> I don't. I don't, don't want to do Does that. he have more followers than us? Because that would be very sad. We follow him, don't we, Taylor? <laughs> yeah, we totally do. <laughs> Is he at least interesting? Um, mostly, he's just been interacting with Gigi. Uh, okay. He cusses a lot. Oh, good. So, once again, like Chucky. And he keeps trying to get Gigi to, to bang him. Does he have a puppet <laughs> dick? I don't know. Probably. Uh, if you want to follow his, hang, his fuzzy hang down, he, he's at Puppet Simon. All right. Uh, so yeah, look out for that Puppet Killer coming coming at you, coming for that ass. It's coming, uh, coming it, at you. What is what is this motion? It's what is a, happening? Quick, quick, quick action coming for you. All right, <laughs> man. That's good. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, in Remains, uh, Emma Roberts is returning to American Horror Story for season six. Uh, she's not in season five, right? No. Okay. Uh, but she said, Ryan, that would be Ryan Murphy, and I said, next season we'll do something amazing and devilish. I Ew. love this season. <laughs> I love this season. <laughs> I watch most of it with my eyes closed, but I think I get the gist. I love Lady Gaga so much, so I was like, next season... I want to work with Lady Gaga for sure. So that's pretty much another season I won't be watching. Aren't you so excited, Tony? Nope. Uh, Tony, aren't you Gaga for Gaga? Shut up. Are you <laughs> Just shut up. Goo goo for Gaga. Goo goo for Gaga puffs. Man, please you stop. know that she doesn't have sex because she thinks that uh, it'll drain her powers, her talent. How fucking stupid is that? I know. She doesn't have talent. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. She's actually a very talented songstress, but no, she she's, just makes terrible music. She wrote like a hundred songs before she made her own. Like big name songs. Yeah. Like shit songs, but like songs that nobody likes except idiots. Like Pussycat Dolls. Are, are, you, are you making a case here? Because it's not working. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh... No, I hate Lady Gaga. I've been over that many times on the show, but you know, there's always time to say it again. She's just awful. She's the one of the worst things in music now. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Tony dancing head. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannibal 
uh, might not be dead. The show. I was going to say spoilers. <laughs> I, I never watched Hannibal. Never? No. The oh, wow. show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, as you mo- as most of you probably know, it was on NBC for two seasons and got canceled, uh, which surprised the hell out of pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brian Fuller says uh, the series may not be dead. Well, what does he know? That's uh, that's it. It's not it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Martha De Laurentiis and I keep talking. I don't know who that is. I would love to let the show lie low for a few years, treat it like Sherlock and BBC, and then relaunch it with Hannibal Silence of the Lambs, Fuller said. I hope that's not the actual title, because that would be a terrible fucking title. It's not a good title at all. Um, MGM currently owns the rights to Silence of the Lambs, um, but he seems pretty sure that they can get the rights. Said we can reapply for the rights in two years and see what we could get going. Uh, for me, as a fan of Tom Harris or Thomas Harris, uh, I want to see Mads Mikkelsen do that story. Uh, there are some ways to make a meal of that story for the TV series. Signs of the Lambs. Is a oh my per- God, stop making cannibal puns! Every time fucking Fuller talks about the show, it's goddamn cannibal puns all day long. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, there's not going to be a better film. That's oh, the Silence lie. of the Lambs. What? Oh, okay, never mind. I was going to say, I think that the movies are already better than the TV show. Um, so I think why he said this relaunch with Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs, is he wants to do the Silence of the Lambs storyline. Story it seems that way. Cause, uh, but I don't think it would actually be called Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs. I mean... Silence Clarice was never a show. Hello, Clarice. Right. <laughs> Anybody? I don't know. You're I don't think so. Uh, Did the series happen before or after? Before. before. So it was like Manhunter territory? I think it was before, before Man- Manhunter. There is no bit before Manhunter. Before Manhunter is Hannibal Rising. No, I in, think they retconned Hannibal Rising. Which was a great movie, by the way. I didn't like it. Gaspard Yulio was really good. But he wore a fedora. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, MGM feels the same way, so we would do it the same way we did Red Dragon. We'd flash back to him finding out about Jamie Gum. So there's that. So there might be hope, or this could be absolute bullshit. Stay tuned. Uh, Ridley Scott says familiar aliens will appear in Alien Covenant, saying they're going to go to the planet where the engineers came from and come across the evolving creature that they had made. Why did they make it? Why would they make such a terrifying piece? Why does Ridley Scott talk like this? Every time he talks, it's, why is this? Why this? Why is the alien? I have all these questions about my own creation. (laughs) Out of all the people, you should know. Yeah. There should be no questions. You should have all the answers. It felt biomechanoid. It felt like a weapon. And so the movie will explain that and reintroduce the alien back into it. There was always this discussion. Is alien the character, the beast, played out or not? We'll have them all. Egg, face hugger, chest burster, then the big boy. The big guy. Big boy. The big guy. It's feeding time. I think maybe we can go another round or two. 
or four, apparently. So, yep. so he he names off all of the alien characters, just like they're wrestlers. So, I really hope that there's like an aliens wrestling game. <laughs> sure, but in reality, uh, I don't. Listening to you guys over over the past couple of weeks, uh, knowing that eh, eh, aliens, eh. it it sounds to me like Ridley Scott wanted to do this whole other thing with Prometheus, and I I don't really know how Prometheus did at the box office, but it sounds like the studio is going no no. Go back to the alien stuff. Yeah. No, Nobody cared the, about Prometheus. Yeah. The stuff that you're like good at, go do that. I can't remember if I've said this before, but Prometheus was like one of those movies where all the alien like original alien fans, uh like they insisted that it was good because they really wanted it to be. <laughs> but it really that, that claim really had no basis whatsoever. Cause it was shit. It hmm. made almost a half a billion dollars. Well, on a hundred and twenty million budget. Well, of course it did. I mean, that's that's not a surprise to me, because people know that that it's it's an alien prequel. Of course, we want to see more alien movies. It's kind of like we said before that they, start with, uh, that they could make Beetlejuice two, and it could just be Michael Keaton taking a shit for an hour and a half, and people would would go watch it because it's Beetlejuice two. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't show that in the trailer, obviously. No, that's. Uh, that's a special twist. Right. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan twist. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I don't want this to happen. Like, so bad. Well, tough shit. It hurts. Deal me. with it. It hurts me deep. It it makes the the original Alien movies, or the first one, worse in comparison. Like, yeah. as, like as... It as, cheapens it. As you build upon it, like... I don't, I don't, it didn't, it didn't happen that way for, for, uh, like Jason or Freddy because you knew that it was going to go on for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You knew that it was going to be 20 or 30 movies. But when, when the original aliens came out, you're like, oh, that's it. It's done. And then they, well, these are all prequels too. So it's like the more backstory you add and then you go back and you watch the originals and you're like, oh, well, I know everything about these guys. So they're not scary anymore. Yeah, I mean that's that's something we've talked about before with the uh, the Friday Thirteenth TV series, right, right? Going back and reflecting on Jason's upbringing and the re- relationship with his mother, it's like we don't need to know those things because it's a mystery. Fuck it, that! I just want him to kill people. Yeah. By the way, you know how we've been saying that like we should just write Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah. I started it today. Oh really? Yeah. I've got the cold open. That's about it. Yeah. Thanks for telling me, Dick. I, I literally I was bored at work, so I just started oh. writing it. While I was clocked out for lunch, not on not on the talk, definitely. Yep, yep. Oh God, make it stop. Um, young adult thriller wish upon. I uh, found its director. In, dumb name. It's, it is a dumb name. Um, in Catherine Hardwick of Twilight. Oh no. Did any of you actually see those movies? No. I was forced to watch the first one. And? Well, I'm here, but I'm less of a person. <laughs> yeah. You left uh, you left the PC behind, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I was really worried you were going to be like, then maybe don't judge them. Because they're really good. <laughs> Why do you don't talk about what you don't accent? know. <laughs> 
Uh, the good news is they just assured that I will definitely not see this. Yeah, I mean, any, yeah. any inkling I had to watch this is gone now. Yeah, I mean, thank you for telling us in advance. Yeah, save ourselves time. Uh, a 16-year-old girl who finds a magic box that promises to grant her seven wishes, uh, but with each wish comes dark and gruesome consequences. Sounds familiar. It's Wishmaster. Yeah. That's that's where I've seen this before. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, written by Barbara Marshall, whoever that is. She's doing the uh, the Bad Seed remake. No. Oh. Remember when we we did the story on the bad seed and we said that she wrote Princess Diaries? It's a different Barbara Marshall. Oh, <laughs> there's two of them. <laughs> oh, god damn it! Uh, a couple episodes back, we talked about how the Mummy remake could possibly have a female mummy, and now it's official. It does in the form of Sofia Butella. Um, well, I guess not official. She's in talks. Uh, you would know Sophia from The Kingsman. Also in talks to star in the male lead is Tom Cruise. So this is going to be awful. Uh, Alex Kurtzman is executive producing and directing off a script written by John Spates, who wrote Prometheus. It never ends. This is this kind this of. This is my nightmare. <laughs> This kind of shit is going to go on Because life is like a circle. Yes. <laughs> Bringing it around. Bringing it around. Uh, this is going to come out life March, March 24th, 2017. So mark that on your calendar for when not to see this. Right. So is this going to be a like a reboot? Or a, yeah. Or, okay. There's a whole part- Universal Monsters universe. Oh, is this going to be part of that? This is going to be no! part of it. No! Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which... David Cope, Kep, Stir- Co- Coep, something, uh, writer of Stir of Echoes, which was a good movie. Stir of Echoes was pretty good. And Panic Room, which was not so good. Panic Room was my first rated R film. You're so You're young. such a baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I thought it was good. Yeah, because you were a child. Yeah, you didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, but it was like a good premise. There's lots of movies with good premises that are bad. I don't know. It had uh, what's her face, and, Jodie Foster, and yeah, and what's her face, the baby. Christian Stewart. Uh. Anyways, what about what about him, Tony? <laughs> what about it? What about it? What about it? Um, he's going to write the Bride of Frankenstein reboot. Uh, why does that need to be a thing? Why are they planning to write Bride of Frankenstein before they even make a fucking Frankenstein movie? I don't know. It gets worse. Uh, it's set in modern times. Because of course it is. So, it gets worse. So Frankenstein can team up with the others. We should team up. <laughs> uh, of course, it's tied in with the Universal Monsters universe. Blah, blah, blah. Universal offer the lead role and the director's chair to Angelina Jolie. I feel like they're making it to where nobody will want to see Universal Monsters movie ever again. Like, they're trying to destroy the franchise so they can just, like, bury it or something. Is Dracula Untold part of this? Because I've heard it is and it isn't. Is that the one that just came out? 
couple years ago. Oh. Is, is, I don't think it was part of the... I don't think it was... I think initially the, it was supposed to like kick off this whole reboot thing. But, then, you, but then it tanked, and they were like, just kidding. Wait, That's wait, not it. Uh, what were you talking about? Dracula Untold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it didn't do so well. Yeah, I think initially it was supposed to kick off this whole thing, and then it didn't do well, and so now they're just going to reboot Dracula again. Yeah. Because that's what Hollywood does now. If something fails, you just reboot it three years later. Yeah. God, I hate it so much. Okay. And then they're going to, like, team up as, like, like Avengers, Avengers status, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then they're going to fight in Kaiju or something. 2024. So we did an interview. <laughs> Are we going to do that first? <laughs> oh, what did you want to do? I figure we do the gifts. Okay, let's do the gifts. Okay. Uh, Max, we, we didn't get you anything because we weren't really planning on having you until recently. That's fine. But um, we're going we're gonna to send you a Grave Plot Podcast t-shirt. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear it everywhere. Good. Yeah, you will. I'll wear it on Fridays when there's no more Seahawks. There you go. boy. All right. That's a good lad. Uh, what are the fucking things? All right. So, Max, you're going to sit by and you're going to enjoy this. You're going to watch. Okay. Watch ho- us do it. I hope. Watch us. I hope it's dildos. You go first. Doesn't feel like a dildo. All right. How would you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, you got me. <laughs> All right. Gotta save the paper. You don't have to save the goddamn paper. <laughs> Every time with this. Can't I just enjoy my moment for once? Hearts or hugs and kisses all over. Okay. Go. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. Oh, it's a Fright Night. No, yeah, yeah, Fright Night shirt. Yeah. So Taylor got me, uh, courtesy of Fright Rags, a TV sh- or a T-shirt with Jerry Dandridge, all vamped out, and on the back it says, "Welcome to Fright Night." For real. For real. That's awesome. Thanks, dude. You're welcome. I wanna, I wanna point out that that Tony got you two gifts. Thanks, Max. You're welcome. First is a biker Daryl pop figure. I figured you could use one. PX previews exclusive. I don't know what that means. Oh. At least it's not Carl. Carl. Fucking Carl. Uh, so, as I told you, I did not get your second gift yet. It's an empty box. <laughs> so there's a picture of what I got you. <laughs> It's a zombie elf shirt. Eating a cat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that shirt is awesome. I have an elf doll at home. Nice. I have uh, one at my mom's house. Yes, I have been assured by the USPS that it will arrive on Monday. But I have very little faith in them right now. So we'll see. All right. So that's that. Merry Christmas. Good bunch of whores. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> All right. So now we do the interview? Uh, yes. Okay. 
So uh, one of the movies that we watched was a movie actually not out out yet. Yeah, still doing the uh, the festival circuit. Yeah, but it's called All Through the House. Uh, very independent, low-budget horror, Christmas horror movie. Uh, but we did an interview with the writer and director, uh, Todd Nunes. So let's listen to that. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, running down Santa Claus' land. Blitz and blitz and all the hills are reindeer, pulling on a rainbow. Hello everyone, this is Taylor of Terror. And Skeletoni. And we are here with the writer and director of All Through the House, Todd Nunes. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Can't complain. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'm real happy to be on your show finally. Yeah, we're very happy to have you. Yeah, it was kind of a long lead-up. God, we started talking to you, geez, what, back in July or August? I know, I know. So it's, uh, it's all finally coming together. Right. Well, and it's, you know, just in time for Christmas, so. Exactly. It couldn't be more perfect. You must, uh, I, I guess, with a, with a holiday-themed movie, uh, you must be pretty busy around this time. Uh, I am, you know, and it's a little scary to think about what's going to happen after uh, Christmas. Um, is everybody going to, you know, does Christmas go away or uh, is it still going to have some staying power? But I, I think we're going to have some staying power because we've already got some other festivals interested in uh, screening us uh, throughout the year. So it's all good. Cool. Awesome. So I guess uh, just to start off, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got interested in filmmaking, if you you know went to film school, anything like that? Um, I definitely did go to film school, but I was interested in uh, making films when I was a very young kid. After I had seen uh, Halloween, uh, I saw it on HBO with uh, my cousins, and uh, everybody was screaming and having such a great time, and I'd never experienced a, a movie like that. No movie had ever made people do that kind of thing that Halloween did. And so the very next day, I wanted to do my own horror movie, and I, I did. I did uh, eight millimeter movies. I did a horror play when I was in fifth grade, and it just went on from there. And eventually, I uh, went to film school, and uh, here I am. Where did you go to film school at? At the Los Angeles Film School. Okay. I studied screenwriting at UCLA, and I went to. I did all. You know, a bunch of different types of, of schooling, but Los Angeles Film School was the one that I stayed with through the whole process. Are you from the L.A. area originally? I'm from the Bay Area, oh, okay. uh, a little town called Benicia. Uh, I'm not. I don't think. Yeah, I'm no one knows where it is. Yeah, <laughs> no one does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm from the L.A. area originally, so I'm not too familiar with the Bay Area. Didn't go up there much, so. Yeah, I'm in West Hollywood. Well, in between West Hollywood, Beverly Hills area, right? Ooh, right in that gosh. area. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, you fancy, huh? Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no, not really. <laughs> so I, I, want, I want to hear more about this horror play. Yeah, well, you know, well, I, I did a horror play when I was in the fifth grade. But when I went into high school, I was a freshman in high school, and I uh, was really interested in doing film. But the only thing they really have is drama. Is plays. So that was like the next best thing to go into. And I go into 
my drama class and I've got this drama teacher who's all about Shakespeare and, you know, ballet and all this stuff. And I tell him, I say, I, I want to do a play. And he was just so excited because I was like one of the only boys in the classroom. <laughs> and But I told him I wanted to do Friday the 13th. Yes. And <laughs> Oh, and you're singing my was, song there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was he was a little taken back, but he w- wanted to support me so badly because of uh, being one of the only males in the classroom, and I wanted to make drama cool. I didn't want to be in drama, you know, with the, you know, with all the the outcasts of the school. <laughs> I wanted to make it cool, and I thought, well, you know what, this is gonna this is gonna be cool. People are gonna like this, and I I was right. It it turned the school upside down, it caused some problems with the administration, but. Uh, I knew then and there that horror was magic. Yeah, you got to fight the power. Were you in yeah, it? Absolutely. Uh, I I was not in it. I directed it. I was in the. I did Friday the Thirteenth Part Two uh, after that one because of the big success. Of course, I'm going to do the sequel. Nice. And uh, and then I was in that one, and I I of course played Jason because <laughs> that was my dream. <laughs> and so that was Baghead Jason, right? Yeah, it was Baghead Jason. Yeah, and I just couldn't wait to put on the baghead and the overalls and uh, and you know kill everybody on stage. That's awesome. How how uh, I mean, you said you know it was pretty popular. How well did it translate to the stage? It translated pretty well because I the the basic because uh, you know you can't change the scenery a lot, right? So I w- I had to sort of rewrite it so that it all took place in the cabin, you know, one major cabin and then a couple of side cabins. And, uh, that's basically where I played the whole thing. at. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's a picture on Facebook somewhere of the Friday 13th part two. Oh, I'm going to need to find that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you said, you know, your, your first kind of, uh, uh, exposure to horror, I guess was, uh, Halloween. Um, what other kind of movies were you into growing up? I mean, what really like just uh, uh, like pulled you into horror? Um, just as far as horror movies are concerned, yeah. Uh, well, it would be the Friday the Thirteenth. Was I'm a Friday the Thirteenth guy. That's like the first four are just my favorite movies of all time. I can recite Mrs. Voorhees' speech <laughs> at the end, word for word, breath for breath. Prove it. Um, love Halloween. Uh, that's going to be a little embarrassing, but I actually, I could, I can still do it, and I have done it for some friends. <laughs> um, and, of course, uh, Halloween, love Halloween because I'm a major Jamie Lee Curtis fan. And I like all the other ones. I like Hell Night and even, like, Humongous. I'm sure you know of all these. I, I'm a big fan of the slasher genre, especially the 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 heyday mm-hmm. of it. Um well, I definitely I came I across. Sorry, good. What was that? No, just, I'm, I'm good. I just say that that really that that inspiration came across uh, really well and all through the house. Oh, great! Yeah, it's, I mean, you could sit there. I know some people said they could sit there and they could point out all the little references I, I put in there. Some of them are a little bit more subtle than than others, but mm-hmm. there's quite a few. Yeah. We were actually we sitting here watching it and wondering if Jamie was supposed to be in reference to Jamie Lee Curtis. You know what? It's funny because you are the first person that asked me that. And I thought for sure, especially given I don't want to give away too many spoilers because of what happens and because of certain rumors that are out there. That's exactly that what people, made me think of it. 
Really? I know. And it's like, no one else has brought that up. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. <laughs> um, not that I believe those rumors or anything. But, uh, but it, it didn't really, uh, it wasn't really because of Jamie Lee Curtis. It was for another reason that I probably don't, don't want to get into right here because of spoilers. But, um, but it was almost like, okay, I've got to do it because it is Jamie. And I was, maybe I pushed back on it a little bit thinking that it might be too on the nose. But really, you guys are the first that have brought that up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shows. We know our shit. Yeah, really. Yeah, you do. So w- when you first decided that you were going to make a-, a Christmas or a horror film, did do- do you want to make a Christmas horror film the whole time, or did you have something else in mind that kind of migrated into a Christmas movie? No. The Christmas horror movie has always been on my list. Like, I've got a list of certain slasher subgenres that I really want to do my own take on. And the Christmas slasher always, always been uh, something that I've wanted to do. I, in high school, after I did, you know, Friday the 13th and Halloween, I started doing my own original slasher plays on stage and one of them was a christmas themed horror movie that my drama teacher remembered and he actually came to the another hole in the head premiere uh to see it the movie and he mentioned that play so (laughs) he still remembers it uh i I think what really got me interested in the uh, christmas themed slasher was the poster for uh silent night deadly night I thought as a kid it was just this amazing poster with Santa slinking down a chimney. And um, uh, years later when I saw the movie, I didn't really think that they matched so much. Mm-hmm. Like the Santa was this good-looking guy in a Santa outfit. It's kind of like not what was going on in my head all these years mm-hmm. when I saw that poster. I really thought of some something evil. And so when the opportunity arose, I, I'd already been – built up inside me for so long that I just, I was able to just go with it. Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually wearing a silent night, deadly night t-shirt as we speak. Really? Is yeah. this from the poster? Uh, the one where yeah, the, the arm is coming out of the chimney. Yes. Yes. It's the best poster ever. I <laughs> love that poster. That was funny. We had our, our office holiday party tonight and I had, I got a lot of people asking me about it, but nobody knew what it was. Really? Yeah. It, well, it's very striking. It's very striking. It's, it, there's this whole story right there in that, that poster, and I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, what what other movies inspired All Through the House? Are there any other Christmas, like maybe Black Christmas we kind of got a feel for? Yeah, Black Christmas, obviously. I had to put some nods in there uh, to Black Christmas because I think that Black <laughs> Christmas is sort of like the king of the Christmas slasher movies. One of my, probably my favorite of all time, Christmas horror movie. Interesting. Cool. Um, and I don't think that there were a lot of other Christmas slasher movies. I did do some nods to both Silent Night, Deadly Night, and uh, and Black Christmas. Yeah. But okay. then there was also a lot of nods to, you know, Friday the 13th and Halloween and yeah, I, all know, those goodies. Maybe I was just, I don't know, reading it wrong or reading too deep into it. Maybe I, I uh, picked up a little, a little bit of Psycho, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes, Psycho, absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> absolutely, there's Psycho in there. And, and a couple of spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, without 
I guess revealing too much. There's uh, kind of a, a, a parental relationship that's a little off. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. I'm glad I wasn't off base there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. It's there. Yeah. Psycho is uh, is definitely embedded within me. <laughs> so I, I I mean I saw this a, a, a lot uh, like a you know a, a Christmas set. Halloween rather than, you know, actually taking place during Halloween. Uh, I felt like it was, uh, I guess a lot of, a lot of the same elements of it. Um, uh, and that there's this, you know, deranged killer running around this uh-huh. small community. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to uh, say too much about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I have been known to gab too Spoil much. the dick out of things. Yeah. So I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to be uh, very coy about it. And instead you're just rambling. Hmm? And instead you're just rambling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do that too. I'm trying to piece it all together, you know. I'm, I'm really following you here. <laughs> Sorry, my thoughts get a little jo- disjointed sometimes. Oh, that's okay. So um, uh, your leading lady is... Uh, Ashley Nunes is your your yes. sister, correct? Yes, she is my sister. Okay, yeah. Uh, now, I, I, she's been in your other work as well, too, right? Yes, yes, you okay. have. Uh, how, how's that relationship work? I mean, a, a working relationship with family, in my experience, has not been great. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I I don't have that issue. I've I've had not only working with my sister, but. Uh, I've, my mom has worked on the movie. Uh, my brothers have worked on it, doing other things. Uh, just growing up, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Was I was always doing movies. I was always getting, killing the kids in the neighborhood, you know, <laughs> on top of my parents' roof, you know, with the giant spotlight when they were out for dinner. Uh, I was always doing these things, and people were always listening and, and taking the orders from me. Like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. You just get them excited. So... When it comes to my family, I, I don't. When we're on the set and we're working, it's that that's the relationship that it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have to be mean or tough or anything like that. It's just that if we just fall into those that pattern. And my sister is really great to work with, especially when it comes to uh, the physical aspect of it, because a lot of girls are sometimes like, ah, I don't want to jump out of a window, you know, and it's like. Well, <laughs> Not my sister, you know. She'll be like, "I'll jump out of the window and into the lake." So, <laughs> yeah, it looked so like she she, uh, she jumped out of a window wearing heels. Looked like so that was pretty yeah, daring. Yeah, she did. Yeah, <laughs> she did. And and fight scenes and just getting dirty and messy and those are the kinds of things that she absolutely lives for. <laughs> so, so her and I working together is we could, we're good. We're good. That's cool. Even though we're brother and sister, and we you know definitely have our tips and fights and stuff, you know, when we're not working. But when we're working, we're, we're doing a job. That's cool. So she never, like, talks back to you? <laughs> not not on set, no. But, you know, I don't talk back to her. You know, I'm not that kind of director. So she doesn't uh, respond that way to me. She just, she she does her job. She's a, a good actress. She works hard, and she doesn't, you know, she's not there to mouth off. She wants to, to do the best job that she can. That's good. I mean, whether or not you you know your 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 family or you know a lot of uh, married couples will work together in, you know in film uh, so to be able to separate that you know be you know 
keep your family life at home and you're, you'll be professional yeah. on the set. That's that's good that you can yes. separate that. Um, Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, the, the production itself? I mean, how did what, okay? Um, like, uh, what what time of year were you filming? We were filming during the summer, oh, which is God. the worst time of the year. <laughs> yeah, to film a movie that takes place all at nighttime mm-hmm. because it is forgetting night until nine o'clock. Right. So it was uh, it was very trying, and we would we would have to work all night long because there was not much night to work with. Right. So it was, uh, it was not easy. It was not easy. And we had to decorate everything because we didn't film it around Christmas time. Yeah. I had to go home to the Bay Area, and I had to have my mom and my dad go around to all the neighbors and ask them to decorate their house for Christmas. <laughs> Be outside, put up lights and stuff like that. And they did. So we had an entire block of uh, lighted-up houses for Christmas. That's cool. I guess it just dawned on me that yeah, there, there was no snow. Yeah. There is no snow, and it takes place in Napa. So uh, snow would have been great, but not possible. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you did film it in the Bay Area? We filmed some of it in the Bay Area. We filmed some of it here in Los Angeles. You know, it's very expensive to film right. in Los Angeles. And we filmed the uh, Mrs. Garrett's house, the major... Uh, set in Lake Arrowhead. Okay. Yeah, so we had three different locations. That's cool. You, you talked about like having to decorate everything. My girlfriend kept pointing out that people had decorations in their bathroom and how weird that was yeah. to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the whole idea for me, it was like this neighborhood was supposed to be like obsessed with Christmas. There's obviously some parts of the movie that got cut out that, you know, that maybe sort of, uh, you know, played to that fact that this was sort of like Whoville in this <laughs> neighborhood. Um, but, yeah, there are definitely – and the thing is, is that I know people who ha- decorate their bathroom for Christmas. <laughs> the tinsel on the shower head was the one that I was kind of like, do people do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, well, it's funny. If, I mean, somebody else mentioned that too, and they thought, wow, you guys are really detailed, but – that tinsel on that shower head was only there so that you couldn't see everybody in the reflection of it oh. <laughs> because the bathroom was so small and our cameraman and we were all there. We could like, we're like looking at ourselves in the shower head. Going, <laughs> what are we going to do? So we just, what we always did, we just throw some decorations on it and keep moving. Crafty. Really clever. Uh, so <clears throat> how, how long was your, your shoot? How to, well, um, our main, we did our main chunk of filming, which was at Lake Arrowhead at the main house, and we only had six days to do it. Oh, wow. Which meant, yeah, we had to decorate the entire house, then film everything that we needed to film in there because we could not, under any circumstances, come back and do any pickup shots mm-hmm. there. And then we had to tear it all down and get out of there, and we had to do all that in six days. Oh, God. Uh, the other days, we spread out because we were so worn out over that. We we were just on coffee, and we were only a couple hours of sleep a night. Um, we started filming all the other stuff uh, on the weekends. So we would have to decorate on the weekends and things like that. God, that's commitment. It takes me like yeah, two never, weeks to break down cr- after Christmas. 
Uh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was it was almost like, well, when you're up there and you know you cannot come back, that there is simply no money to come back and you cannot redecorate everything and, and you know, do everything that you did the first time, you can't do it. So you have to get everything done. And that is really the motivation that keeps you moving is that, you know, somebody gave us some money to make a movie and, you know, i got to turn that in. Right. Yeah, being accountable to someone else is a, is a good motivator. Exactly. It's a very good motivator if you want to do another movie, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I didn't want to cheat anything oh, out. You know, I didn't want to not do the fight scenes. I didn't not want to do, you know, the action. I didn't want to do all that stuff. So right. I have to give a lot of credit to everybody who worked with me because everybody was just working towards the same goal mm-hmm. and working really hard. Yeah, I mean, I think we can kind of commiserate with that type of pressure on, on a much smaller scale, mind you, because uh, over the last couple of Halloweens, we do like a short, like five, six minute short film for Halloween. Uh-huh. We just put it up on our website. Yeah. This last one we shot, we had to shoot it in one night um, and we were extremely unprofessional about it. We didn't have like a, <laughs> a shooting script or I mean, we had a script, but not one specifically tailored for shooting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so we were just all over the place. <laughs> Our director it's crazy, was crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Nobody really understands. Right. Um, yeah. So that was a that was definitely a challenge, and so yeah, we can we can relate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, another uh, starlet in your in your film was uh, Jessica Cameron. She, we've actually yes. s- spoken to her on the show before. Um, uh huh. How was we? We spoke to her more as a director because she had just done uh, Truth or Dare. Um, yeah, and but how, how's she to work with as an actress when she's not in she charge? Is amazing to work with, you know, because obviously I, I knew who she was and I knew that she was a director and I, I I know her movies and I know that she gets a lot of work and that she worked with a lot of people. So you really don't know how somebody's going to be when they come in onto the set. Mm-hmm. But I can't say enough good things about Jessica Cameron. Uh, she was absolutely amazing to work with. Like she made me right at ease, completely at ease. We got down, we started working right away and it was, it was like nothing. It was like working with a friend and she is a friend now. And I, I just can't give her enough props for, you know, I'm coming into these situations, not knowing what's going to go on with the first time director, basically. And, uh, and we knocked it out. And she did a great job. That's awesome. Well, what you did to her was yeah. pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it? It was the best <laughs> ever. I was just, I mean, those are the things that really keep you going. That, you know, when you're doing just, I can't, I can't imagine what they do when they're doing dramas. But with <laughs> horror movies, you know, when you get to those points and you get to do these kill scenes and chase scenes and fight scenes and this action, you know, it just really pumps you up. You're real excited. So I like to make sure I have a lot of that in my movies. Yeah. Um, was she someone that you sought out, or did she, like, audition? She answered an audition. Yeah, she answered an audition, and I was like, she wants to audition? Well, pfft. I'm like, that's really a no-brainer, right? <laughs> but she came in, and we had already seen all these other girls uh, reading for the parts and all that. And, of course, she blew them all away because you know, she's got mad experience. Mm-hmm. And um, But we wanted her from the beginning. As soon as I saw her, I was just like, oh, this is like, you know. Drew Barrymore type of thing that we can do here, um, and yeah, so she had it. Yeah, she, you she said had it right then and there. 
Drew Barrymore. That that's actually like I don't, making a connection between this and Scream. You know, you had they had a really yeah. well known face at the beginning, and yeah, she frankly doesn't last long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's already sort of you know out of the bag about that, but uh, yeah, so that's what we you know we're trying to go for, and I thought that would work great. Yeah, it's kind of funny. This is her second Christmas horror movie too, because she was in Silent it Night. It is, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think she has a bigger part in this one. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but I actually loved much, her but... in Silent Night. I thought she was really good at what she did. She always says, "Oh, it's a little part," but uh, you know, I mean, she was in it, so that's a that's huge. Um, did you like Silent Night? Just out of curiosity. Um, you know, I I did like it. I did like it. Um, it's kind of like a pseudo remake of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was really different. <laughs> so it's almost like it was a different movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like it wasn't it, so closely tied to Silent Night, Deadly Night that it was like, what's the yeah. point of this remake? Or like they ruined yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They probably should have just called it something else. And yeah, really. Like the only real similarities where you had this person in a Santa Claus outfit, although the outfit was completely different. And then completely you had like, different. the flamethrower. The completely different. Yeah. So there's just, uh, there's just so much uh, going on though. I think I, I'm not, I don't really, I don't mind remakes as much as a lot of people get all bothered by them. I think that if they never take away from the original, like Rob Zombie's Halloween never touches John Carpenter's Halloween. So that's just like, you know, it's just like somebody else's interpretation of someone's work, and I find that interesting. Sure. Um, so, speaking of like the looks of killers, how did you come up with the look of your killer? Well, again, it started off with that that freaking poster from Silent Night, <laughs> uh, Deadly Night, where I just was envisioning this uh, creepy Santa, not you know good looking Santa in a costume, but like you know this really creepy. I I, I saw him as being more thin. And um, and I just went and I, I just started getting a lot of different masks and trying different things. And then I worked with uh, Tommy Peach on finalizing the look. And I wanted this sort of silver look. And then uh, he went in and he made that silver more uh, metallic, more crackling, which really, really, you know, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's it. That, that's our guy right there. So was that a was that a custom mask or is it something you you picked up somewhere? No, no, it's uh, it's custom, but it was like I think some uh, pieces were boxed and okay. then they were uh, painted and cut and, and and glued on and uh, and shaped from stuff that uh, Tommy did. Got it. But I wanted the uh, I didn't want to do you know because you know you remember Michael Myers obviously it's so great that white mask it just pops in the the darkness. And I wanted to do something like that, but I just felt like white had sort of been done to death. So I thought I would try out Matross Silver and see what happens, because that's sort of a Christmas color. Right. Yeah, and it seemed like, uh, you know, in, in especially like the darker shots, it seemed like the face itself kind of disappeared, and all you could see was that yeah. white hair and the white beard. So it was, that was yeah, a, little, yeah. a little eerie. <laughs> yeah, it just it worked out great. I mean, you know it when you see it. You know, we had a lot of different ideas, uh, but but this was uh, this was the one. And where did the idea to have the shears be the main weapon come from? 
Well, it comes from, you know, obviously what his goal is in, in the movie. And I like a killer when they have a certain weapon instead of always giving them the axe or the machete. So it just makes sense that the garden shear should be his bit of choice. Any uh, any influence from the burning there? With the burning, I, I don't think I was really so influenced by the burning as I was more influenced by the story, by, by what he was doing. Because there really wouldn't be a whole lot of other weapons that would work in the case. Not that, the like, I don't know what the burning is. I, I clearly know that movie. Um, but it was more just because that was what the story called for, I think. Sure. That makes sense. Um, so you've been making uh, uh, the rounds at the festivals with this. How's that been going? Yes. It's been going great. We've been winning awards and people, I mean, seeing it in, with an audience is just the most amazing thing ever because you're always, you're making something for people to see, but you have no idea what the reaction is going to be. It's like, are they going to get it? <laughs> are they going to, you know, are they really going to understand it? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to, you know, are they going to get you know, what we're doing here? So yeah. seeing it with an audience uh, is really that moment where you can sort of breathe a little sigh of relief and go like, you know, well, people are getting this. <laughs> no, they, you know, we're doing some things that are, you know, a little messed up, but people are, are getting it and they're enjoying it and they're having a blast. They're laughing at the right moments. They're screaming. They're jumping. It just is an amazing experience to watch it on a big screen with a packed audience. That's awesome. And you, you said, yeah, you, it's a dream. You said you've got some more, uh, more festivals coming up. What do you, what do you got? Uh, well, we have one in, Canada, and we have a couple other that I can't really talk about because they have not released their list yet. They haven't released their lineup. So until they release the lineup, I can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, fine I, think I, <laughs> I think I saw that you were up, up this way uh, not too long ago at, the, at Portland, right? Yes, yes. We had a great time in Portland. It's funny because each festival that we've gone to so far, they're all so different from each other. Mm-hmm. They have like you know a different vibe. You don't really know what to expect. So Portland was great. I got to meet a lot of other directors, a lot a lot of other people like me, and you know we really bonded and went out and and talked, and it was just a, a great time. Cool. Was that was that the RIP Horror Fest? The RIP uh, festival was our premiere. Okay. Now, the RIP Festival was, yeah, that was really, it was actually really big. It was much bigger than I had anticipated that it was going to be. We had a sold-out crowd. It was on Halloween night. It was crazy. It was the most fun I've ever had. Nice. Yeah, we got a... Yeah, absolutely so much fun. We got an email from Jessica inviting us out to that premiere, and she's like, damn it, we can't oh, really? go to L.A. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, you know, you always got to try it. And it's not just the, the invite that you could go, but just the fact that, you know, she's thinking of you. <laughs> yeah, it feels good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously this is doing really well for you. Uh, I know it's early, but do you think you have any plans for a sequel? Well, there has been talk about a sequel. Uh, there definitely, there's, uh, there's, there's two more basically where it could go and it comes back around into a full circle. So it is outlined. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with that. 
it would definitely have to be done a little bit differently than this time. Uh, because I can't live in Christmas for an entire year. I'll, I'll go crazy. <laughs> like, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm moving on. I'm going to be doing something new, and then we'll see what happens after that. Cool. Uh, so you do have some, some upcoming things? Yeah, I do have a, a movie that I'm working on now. I can't really uh, divulge anything about it just yet mm-hmm. because uh, it's not – I mean, I have – someone who's putting money into it. And so they sort of, uh, the Redmond company, which produced this one, uh, all through the house, um, which is sort of their, their testing ground for me, I guess. And, uh, and so now I'm going to be rewarded with a much bigger budget. So if you can expect the next one to be even bloodier and more violent and, uh, and much more brutal. Like nice. that. Speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm gonna. I'm really gonna be going for it. I got some just oh, some really great things. So excited! Things that I could never have done on this one, and uh, we're really gonna we're gonna really gonna push it to the edge. It's awesome. Right on. We'll be looking forward to that. So uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. All through the house, uh, you, you know, you're doing festivals right now. Any idea when we could be seeing you know VOD or uh, you know uh, home video or home movie release? Well, right now. I, again, I can't divulge any information as far as the distribution company that the uh, Redmond company is dealing with. Okay. But uh, I think we'll be able to announce that soon. But it's not going to come out until next year. Okay. That's yeah. pretty safe to say that it's, it, the plan is is that it will be coming out in some way, shape, or form. I mean, they know what they're doing uh, in October. Okay. It's a pretty much done deal. Awesome. Well, and uh, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be everywhere. So, cool, cool. Well, thanks for letting us take a peek at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm glad you got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I, th- I think that's uh, all we got for you. So, um, you want to go ahead and uh, any you know plug any websites or Twitters or Facebooks or anything? Well, you can find us on Facebook at All Through the House. We also have a website, allthroughthehousemovie.com, and uh, we are on Twitter at through underscore house. Cool. Do you want to plug your personal Twitter, too? or? Um, yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook, too. I'm at Facebook, Todd Nunes, uh, and I am on Twitter also at uh, Todd underscore Nunes. All right. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, it was great to well, talk to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, you know, good good luck with everything you've got coming up and uh, what, you've, what you've got uh, ahead of you. Um, and uh, we wish you well. Yes, well, thank you very much, and I hope you both have a very merry and bloody <laughs> holiday season. Same to you. You too. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Lovely guy. Yeah. Good good stuff. Good good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thanks for thanks to Todd for coming on the show. Um, it's very nice to talk to him. So, um, 
up next, two Christmas movies. Christmas! Yay! What should we watch? Or We already watched them. Again, we already watched these. <laughs> Taylor didn't watch All Through the House right before we did an interview. He didn't do that. Well, Max didn't watch it at all. <laughs> Which I guess is excusable because he's not actually part of the show. We can't hold him to the same standards. We expect less of you. Standards. Come on. <laughs> standards and practices. What are standards and practices? <laughs> anyway, uh, so which one do we do first? Well, since Max didn't do all through the house, right. I guess we'll do Krampus first and then we can let him get out of here. I'm going to go get greasy dicks for dinner. Yeah, you are. <laughs> It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle bells Merry Christmas! Looks like Martha Stewart threw up in here. This is delicious, honey. It's a little dry. Well, mine's delicious. Mine's dry. Do you want to trade? It's the It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. With those holiday greetings and greetings. How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. He and his helpers did not come to give, but to take. Everybody, hold on to each other. He is the shadow of Saint Nicholas. All right, so Krampus, the latest from trick-or-treat writer and director Michael Doherty. It's about a suburban family. Um, You got Tom and Sarah and their kids, um, Max and Beth. And then Sarah's uh, sister and her family are over. That would be uh, Linda, her husband Howard, uh, their son Hoju, um, they don't call him Hoju. His name is Howard Jr. They really should call him Hoju. <laughs> Let's see. I was thinking, wait a minute, that's not his name. That's not, that's not a name. That's no one's name. Uh, their sons, Jordan and Stevie, who are actually girls. And then their, their baby, Chrissy. 
And then also Tom's mother, I don't, I don't know if she lives with them or is just there, but she's an old Austrian woman who they call Omi. Uh, wait, she didn't know who she is? I said I didn't know if she lived there or if she was just there for the holidays. Oh, hard to tell. Yeah, they never really say, but it's not important. But so they're all, you know, hanging out, doing some Christmas stuff. Um, they're hanging out, you know, playing, making cookies, playing games, and and Howard's like, "Shitter's full." <laughs> he he was basically Eddie. He, he kind of was, yeah. Except you know, not as stupid. Kind of sad that David Koechner didn't say whammy. <sighs> I hate that movie. Is it the sad? first one? Is it sad? I hate both. Is it really them. sad? I think it's terrible. You should have said it. Because call he back. said it in one movie? Yeah, call back. He's been in plenty of movies where he didn't say whammy. Yeah, well, in fact, he's been in more movies where he didn't say whammy than in the ones where he did. Prove it. <laughs> yeah. Cite your work. All right, that's it. David Koechner uh, marathon right now. <laughs> no! <laughs> Starting with Anchorman 1 and 2. No! Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and then... Uh, Basically, there's a huge storm, knocks out all the power, and mysterious snowmen start appearing in the lawn, and Beth goes to find her boyfriend. Gonna get that dick. She's trying to get some dick. Get that dick. And uh, she doesn't. Well, you don't know that. She doesn't get the D. She gets the K. K? Oh! Oh, I don't get it. Krampus? Hey for Krampus. Oh. Jesus Christ. Do we have to underhand him to you? <laughs> Apparently. A little bit slow today? Oh, fuck both of you. <laughs> but yeah, then Krampus shows up and he just kills everybody. Spoiler. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no, uh, Omi tells the story of Krampus um, through cartoons. That it was really well done. Suspiciously like Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a little bit like Coraline, and uh, yeah. yeah, that was exactly what it would have made me think of was Coraline. Yeah. But that part was was incredible. Um, it was really well done. I didn't care for it, just because it, it it's it, out, it's out of place. It, yeah, it took me out of the movie. Yeah, I would have rather them not do that. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say that more you know eloquently, but that's that, that's what came out. <laughs> Um, for, for people who don't know the, the legend of Krampus, um, in Eastern European countries, he is the, the anti-Santa Claus, where he punishes the wicked. Um, Santa takes the nice list, gives them presents. Krampus takes the naughty list. He beats them with switches and puts them in a sack. And sometimes he eats them. Sometimes he throws them in a river. Yeah, it depends who you ask. Yeah. He's also known as the shadow of Santa. Yeah, that's what they call him in this one. Yeah. Which is more more to the actual lore. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie, I felt strayed pretty far from the Krampus lore. Yes. Which was one of my biggest complaints with it. Me too. Uh, Krampus doesn't really do a lot in it. No, and that's what fucking infuriated me, is that Krampus, like, his on-screen time was probably less than five minutes. He's like the Boba Fett of this movie. He's right? the Godzilla of this movie. <laughs> There you go. It's like fucking Godzilla, where you don't see Godzilla until the last ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, he Krampus. He kept s- now. I mean, this is 
half a complaint because Krampus, instead of doing things himself, as you know would be expected uh, based on the mythology, uh, he sends his his minions after people. Uh, they include uh, uh, living gingerbread men. Can I cut you off? Okay. I fucking hated the minions. Yeah. All of them? All of them. So, the gingerbread men were, was when I, I stopped like I stopped paying attention. <laughs> it, like, it turned me off on the movie because it was... I understand that it's a comedy horror film on, you know, and then they tried a little bit more at points to do the more horror thing and then, like, comedy bits were just, like, one-liners and, and stuff like that. And then the minute that the gingerbread men showed up, it was it, from there on out until like the last ten minutes. It was pure comedy, no. Com- comedy based horror. I kind of saw it the other way around. Oh, personally, I saw the the intro, or like the first oh half hour or so was very uh, comedically driven, and then. Beyond that, that's when things started to get more just straight horror. That's that's the way I took it. I mean, there, it had its, its comedy points. Right. It was a horror comedy. I mean, um, but it seemed like the, the horror element of it was stronger in the, the second half to me. Yeah. Um, as far as the minions go, like, I, Gingerbread Man excluded, I liked them. I just, I just didn't like the idea of them in this movie. Like, I thought the, the cherub what was fucking freaky looking. The the jack-in-the-box guy, my, my girlfriend was terrified of him. <laughs> he was pretty fucked the, up. The, with the fucking blade two mouth. Yeah. And, like, this big undulating body that, like, it was like a big fat. He was enormous. Yeah. yeah. It was like a snake. Yeah. It was like when, when uh, Freddy Krueger turns into the snake. Yeah. Yeah. The design of all of them were, were was really really cool. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like it in the movie. Yeah, right. That's my point. If you're gonna call a movie Krampus, Krampus needs to be the focal point, and you need to actually follow the Krampus lore. This movie, you could take Krampus out and call this movie fucking Dangerous Toys. This is Krampus and Friends. <laughs> Krampus and Friends. Yeah. <laughs> then you had the Gingerbread Men, who I thought were just campy, way too uh, way too campy, way too campy. Like, you think of the Gingerbread Men in Shrek. And it's those. I yeah. said that during the like, It's the exact Evil. same. Yeah. yeah. Not not even better CGI. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that's, that's that's actually something that I uh, wanted to comment on. This movie is about 98% practical effects, which was awesome. Uh, things like the gingerbread man and, you know, certain points when... You know, like when you see the Krampus being more physical than, you know, a big bulky Krampus suit would allow, their CGI then. But for the most part, it's all practical effects, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I So speaking at a, a, as a design uh, design front, the, the design of Krampus is incredible, was incredible. Um, you didn't like it? I didn't, no. I, I was going to ask, what did you guys think of the look of Krampus? Because he doesn't look like the, the 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 stereotypical Krampus that you would see if you look into the, the Eastern European lore. Mm-hmm. He looks like an a evil Santa Claus. Yeah. That's exactly. He just, yeah. That's but exactly with the goat feet. Right. 
It well, worked. I think I think in the context of the film, it worked. If they were actually doing like a Krampus film, like how if it was <laughs> how it should have been, how it should have been, then yeah, the 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 dark Santa would have been a little bit overkill. And you know, in the beginning of the film, he's fast, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time he's like sauntering, yeah, lumbering, really, yeah. really slow. So I didn't. I didn't understand that disconnect. Like, what if if he was that fast in the beginning? Why can't he just be all? all that's a point I hadn't and, even thought of. And but crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And see, that's that's why I felt like we were missing out so much on more Krampus action because he's obviously capable of being very uh, fleet of foot or hoof. Yeah. Um. And, but but yeah, it was like they towed the line, though, because, like, he had the chains and stuff, which is a very, you know, Krampus kind of legend that he carries around these chains. And, he, you know, the, he had the hook that he uses to hook children. Of course, he never actually used it, it for any of that. Okay. He did he, he did. Yeah, he did hook the one fish-faced little shithead. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, but overall... I like the 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 ambiance of the film. Yeah, it happening all in basically a, a street mm-hmm. is is really cool. It 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 kind of made the the world smaller for mm-hmm. me, uh, and I felt that that anything anything could have happened on, on that street, and everybody around uh, was already dead. Well, like, like I, the, I felt that they were already dead at the beginning of the movie. This this dark cloud goes over their house. That was terrible CGI. It was <laughs> it was bad. bad. Um, but it, it kept making me wonder if, like, outside of that cloud, everything was fine. Yeah, yeah. Because they never really get past the storm. Right. Well, and then the 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 other thing is is when when Beth goes to find her her boyfriend or whatever, he, she's probably a couple blocks away. So he so Krampus is out in the wild. So I, you don't know if it's like. If it's the street, or if it's the city, or if it's isolated to anything that that has been in within earshot of the story, mm-hmm. or or anything like that, because it's like power suggestion stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I definitely wanted more Krampus and less Campus. <laughs> you worked on that, didn't you? Uh, I said it the minute I walked out of the theater. I'm like, God damn it, this movie. I wanted so hard to like it because I don't I don't go out and want and see horror films. Yeah, it's just not something I do. Uh, and this movie was a I wanted to review it with you guys, and b I really like the 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 story of Krampus, the mm. lore behind yeah. it, and it it was three minutes of lore and then ninety eight minutes of. I really think if if you're not really big into Krampus, then this movie is more suited towards you. Yeah. That, if that, you're like a, a stickler for Krampus, look, I, I've been a fan of Krampus for probably a decade. Uh, when I since I first heard about Krampus when I was working at Archie McPhee, hmm. and uh, so you know I've followed the lore, I've read stuff on Krampus, and it, this just doesn't follow the legend. Yeah, and it, it's also weird because Michael Doherty, the the writer or, or writer the director. and director, so Trick or Treat is very story driven. Mm-hmm. Almost a hundred percent story driven, and a lot of uh, a lot of of trick or treat is is power of like there's not a whole lot of ah kind of pop out scares yeah. and, and you know hey I gotcha 
this movie is the complete opposite. It's mm-hmm. very little story, a lot of I got you, haha, stuff like that, which was very weird because I love Trick or Treat and I know that you guys love, love Trick or Treat. Yeah. So it was just really weird. I was going in thinking that Krampus was going to be a trick or treat for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, this Krampus was actually similar to Sam in a way in that he was kind of a a kind of a silent kind of an overseer yeah like yeah. He, he didn't do a lot of the action himself um but then it should have been called like Krampus and Brent yeah or, or evil fucking, toys or yeah, whatever well, and or Christmas something I one, don't know. one thing I found really interesting going back to the look of the Krampus the elves are all dressed like how people who do like a Krampus run in Europe. That's how they dress. They yeah, get, I noticed that. The, like all the masks are very similar to the Krampus with the horns and I like everything. the elves. The elves were cool. Yeah. And apparently Seth Green was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Do we actually know if it was like Seth Green or if it was just a guy named Seth Green? I had read that he did a voice. Okay. Oh, well. It's that Seth Green. Crazy. Um, he played Lumpy. Maybe the guy with the or one of the elves had like a hunchback. I mean, they never said any of the elves' names. No. Uh, well, uh, you in in the whispering uh, that that would happen before events. Um, you could hear you could hear names. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I picked up on that because I I wanted more story, so I'm like I was reaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. See, I I could have done without the elves. I thought they were. I mean, like. All the other monsters are completely unnecessary and just, just took away from the story that I was wanting. I really like the uh, the the um, Krampus's reindeer. Those oh yeah, really, yeah. Those they look really like cool. nerfs from Star Wars. That's what I. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, they 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 looked really good. Um, like, and you said it was ninety eight percent, you know, real stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, anything that they were able to do, I think they they definitely did, and um, that's probably why the CGI that was there looked like shit. Oh man, that that opening the, with the with the cloud thing mm-hmm. that that was Ghostbusters level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, what was I gonna say? Oh, the elves. I I would have been better with the elves if we didn't have the toys. How about one or the other? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. But I would have rather had the elves than the toys. Yeah. Having having Krampus as a big lumbering figure really kind of uh, they bu- <laughs> I'm going to re- use a wrestling term they booked themselves into a corner where they can't they couldn't have Krampus run around in the house without destroying the entire house and thus destroying the the area of the set and yeah. not like in actual set terms but like things are less scary when everything is all is already broken mm-hmm. so having having a lumbering creature uh, like Krampus in this movie. Uh, really, really hurt themselves on being able because I would have loved more snow area, like like in the beginning. Yeah, I wanted to see them outside more. Yeah, um, because that part was really good. <clears throat> yeah, it seemed like when Krampus would come, obviously he would bring with him this fucking blizzard, but it was like just an, like an inhuman, bitter cold that came with it. Like they. Um, Adam Scott and David Kechter, uh was Tom. Whammy! God damn you. Um, Tom and Howard. Howard, thank you. Um, they were outside looking for someone. I'll leave that out. Um, and uh, they were outside for, what was it, like 
10, 15 minutes. Yeah, not long at all. And they were borderline um, frostbitten. Mm-hmm. Like their their hands and their faces beat red. Like how your face looks after you've been out in a, like a, a, a snowstorm for half an hour. In in record time, they looked like they were about to lose their faces. Basically, <laughs> during during that time and and after uh, uh, the, the the last part of the movie, um, when when they were uh, when they were doing um, uh, when uh, How- Howard. Yeah, Howard's Kackner. Yeah, um, when when they're out and the thing is underneath the snow, they don't actually show what the thing in the snow is. Yeah, so right. I assume it's that weird snake-looking thing. Yeah, yeah, the but jack in the box. I don't care what it was because they didn't show it. If I would have known that it was the weird like thing, or if it was a totally different monster, that would have been great. Mm-hmm. But it it's like uh, in like Bugs Bunny. When, when he goes underneath <laughs> yeah. the ground, that CGI was also bad, <laughs> and uh, I wish, I wish that there was a little bit more interaction between all of the characters and Krampus himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily like that that it was all going to be on on the little kid's shoulders throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this movie was not shy about picking people off, which is fine i guess but at the same time there was so like you said there's there's like the story itself was so thin there was so little character development which was weird that they managed to do that because th- like we focus strictly on the characters for like the, the first, first 30 minutes first 30 minutes and then yeah. you drop it yeah but it's it's amazing how in that time you could not develop characters how they can just be stagnant and you don't know yeah. anything about them, which is why when when people start getting picked off, you don't give a shit because you don't know who these people are. Yeah, um, they 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 had mentioned uh, that that uh, Tom and his wife were having were having marital problems, and then that was it. Yeah, there, there's no talk about it. Yeah, like I miss us. I'm like, okay, well, what does it mean? Do you, are you working too much? And like they kind of allude to that. Like he he takes a phone call. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I think I think that like the strongest character in this movie was Omi. Yeah, yeah. and she was the one I wanted to, to hear more about. Mm-hmm. And whenever she talked and, and and her pronunciation of Krampus and, and everything, that lent itself to the lore. And then they they shat all over it. <laughs> it. It wasn't it it wasn't a it wasn't a Krampus movie. It was a movie with Krampus. Yeah. Yep. My my other really big complaint is that it is I don't know if it was Doherty's choice or if it was somebody at Universal or whose choice it was, but it's very very obvious that punches were pulled in this movie to oh, make this yeah, PG thirteen, and it drove me nuts every time. There are people in this movie who say "mother effer." That is a word that is uttered in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they. I wish they could have gone gone crazy with with. Some gore and everything. There is they, almost no blood. There, the only blood is w- when one character gets bit. Yeah, and you see you see a little bit on his yeah. leg, but, then, but you don't see it when it. he gets bit. You see yeah. it later when they're looking at his leg. Yeah, yeah after it's already wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. it. There, like there, there's one scene where a character gets pulled under a van, and then they just it's just an aerial shot of the van shaking. Shaking. I would have loved to see some blood just splatter out either side of the van. That's what I was waiting van. for, and it yeah. never happened. Yeah, it. It was not. It, it's so weird because, like, go, once again, going going from 
from from trick or treat, which there wasn't a lot of blood, but there you know there there was some there was some gore in it. Mm-hmm. Going from that to this, where there's nothing, there you know, ooh. I, I have to think that it was somebody at either Universal or Legendary yeah. that was like, we want to make this PG thirteen. Yeah, which is I hate PG thirteen horror films. I, yeah. I think I think. And I think that you guys talked about it a couple times. It can, I, it can be done well with supernatural, but that's yeah, like pretty much the only subgenre. Was really good. No, yeah. it wasn't. That was terrible. Well, it was a good PG thirteen horror film. Okay. The kid from Seventh Heaven. No, it's Boogeyman. Never mind. Darkness Falls had Jessica Biel in it, though. Yeah. Another kid from Seventh. Heaven. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another good PG thirteen horror. Like film. it works with supernatural because you don't need a lot of gore and stuff. No. But. Any kind of movie where you need any, like where you have people getting picked off left and right, you need some gore. You need some blood. Like even the, the thing with the van, that's not a big gore effect. It's just some blood splatter. Yeah. That could have easily been done and kept it PG thirteen. Or or they or they could have started slowly over the course over the course of the movie, turn the blood or turn the snow red. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you guys realize that the the snowmen in the front yard were dead people? Yes. Okay, were they actually? People? I didn't pick up. I don't know. If, I don't know if they were people, but they represented. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I, I it it took me a bit, but I finally. Picked yeah, up it took on me that. a long time to for the, that connection to make. Which in is my interesting head. because the first one that shows up is another person, not one of the main people. Right. It, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the the guy in the truck. Yeah, that uh, that was good foreshadowing. I I like that. Yeah, and those those women were creepy looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the kid this that. Big long stovepipe hat on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. But that was in a, like uh, we talked about Tim Burton, um, or did we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it. yeah. I couldn't remember if that was just in my head or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was another thing that was very Tim Burton esque uh, stylistically, and I think that 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 kind of style, which I think is also Doherty style to an, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Was all over this. I mean, it was very, very clearly Michael Doherty. Movie. Yeah, this movie definitely feels like a Michael Doherty movie. Which, like so many people, their big complaint is, "Well, it's not trick or treat." It's like, yeah, fucking obviously. Yeah, Scream is not Nightmare on Elm Street. You know. Yeah. But but it still feels like a Michael Doherty movie. There are scenes where you know that just the the way people move and the the shots, the angles. You're like, oh, that reminds me of Trick or Treat. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the opening. Uh, the the. Opening with the music playing behind it and, and everything, that that, <laughs> that beat down. <laughs> that that reminded me also of the choreography and, and that was terrible. Um, <laughs> you can see that literally pulling bunches. Um, the uh, the that definitely uh, made me feel of like old, older Tim Burton movies where uh, any of the live action ones. So uh, Willy Wonka, it, it made me feel like. They're kind of being. I could see that they're kind of being cutesy with it, and then you know that it's going to be, you know, it's kind of being worse. I didn't like the type font that they used for the word Krampus. I didn't even notice. It I'm pretty sure was, it was a custom font. Yeah, it was like a custom font, but it was like meant to look like horns, horns. Mm. But it was really like uh, old school, like century gothic. And then when you get to the lore, you know, you don't you don't do lore. So I'm like, if you're going to do that, you, I, I wanted more lore. Yeah. <laughs> More lore. That's what I wanted. <laughs> oh, you know, I was thinking, you mentioned the intro or the, the opening scene. Like, I immediately went to that kid getting his ass kicked. <laughs> um, but before that, 
just this mob of people busting into what is, I guess, like a generic Walmart type yeah. store. Was it called Mondo Mart or something? Something like that. Like that yeah, um, but like slow motion. <clears throat> yeah. Um, like Black Friday. In like insanity with like it's the most wonderful time of year or something yeah. playing over it, and it was good because it kind of uh, foreshadows the, the the thought and belief of uh, well, it's actually kind of weird because they kind of flip they kind of flip scripts uh, when from from that beginning and when they're in the store when when the main characters are in the store and then when they get home it goes from everybody's really superficial and kind of like not really caring about any anybody else but themselves and then like right as as David Keckner and his family show up it changes like it, yeah. it it's a weird disconnect i'm like oh well why did you have all that all that character development in the beginning when it is not going to mean anything yeah I know, there, there's a lot of little nitpicky things that I, I picked up on because I was reaching for other stuff. I mean, there's the part where uh, Tom talks about, you know, how family is these people that basically you have to love whether you like them or not. And I feel like they kind of like mushed that monologue in there to be like, this is why they're now working together. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed a little hurried. Yeah, like Tom and Howard working together and actually like, as, like as a unit, not trying to fight against each other. It's like that doesn't happen in real life, and especially not that quickly. Yeah. Um, so it's like you may like need to depend on your worst enemy to save your life, but it's not going to happen that easily mm-hmm. because you don't trust them. Exactly. So yeah, it was. A little hurried, um, but, but again, that's because they spent so much time in the beginning with the characters not doing anything and you know not being developed, and so right when you've got a third of the movie and you're not doing anything with the characters, you you've got a you know you've got an hour left to, to make sure that Krampus comes in. You've got all the all the minions and everything, so you've got to cut up time. That thirty minutes could have been shrunk down to fifteen minutes, and we could have had a, a better movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- without giving away anything away, obviously, what did you guys think of the end? I think it was horseshit. I think it was a, like I know what they were trying to do, and I know the lore behind it, so I I understand it wasn't done very well. And the the little stinger that they did at the very end that was stupid. It once again killed me because I'm like they didn't need to do that. Yeah, stinger at the end. Not, not really a stinger, but like right before the credits start. Yeah, right though. before the credits start. But oh, right, okay. Yeah, my my thing with the ending, and it's funny because me and my girlfriend had like polar opposite reactions because the the kind of like pre ending when it first started, I turned into a white hot ball of rage. <laughs> I, I hope you both know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I was just like, no, you are not fucking doing this. Yeah. And I was like, he better save it. He better fucking save it. And then I felt that he saved it. So it, it kind of re- relieved me. And then it made me like the part that I hated because it, I, it, like, it made me feel so much emotion. Yeah. And then my girlfriend had the exact opposite reaction. Yeah. I don't know. This kind of – the ending kind of made me think of it like basically the cinematic uh, equivalent of like 
a, a grandma shot in basketball. It's kind of going to throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this could have multiple meanings. Fuck you! I want to know what you want us to feel. Yeah, you're you're not going for for some some. Uh, uh, you know, controversial opinion. Give us what, give us what you're thinking the finish is going to be. Yeah, and then just give it to us instead of. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I didn't. I don't. Well, you're wrong. I didn't need this movie to be up for interpretation. Right. I wanted Krampus killing people, and I didn't get Krampus yeah. killing people. That, that that was exactly my mentality when I left the theater. It's like I paid to see Krampus kicking some ass. And that's not what I got. It was a halfway decent movie, but it wasn't the one I wanted. Yeah. I also had a a, a real nitpick uh, before, like the pre ending started with the uh, with the like when they're all out in the snow. Uh, the whole reaching out from like hell and stuff didn't need that. That's not what Krampus was. Yeah. yeah. It was once again kind of shitting all over all all over the supposed lore uh, that they were trying to build on. I'm like, it. He's not a he's not a demon. He's not he's not he's not a, a supernatural ghosty thing yeah. from from the deep bowels of hell. He's he's a physical creature, right? And there, I, I have heard before certain interpretations of Krampus. That he will actually, when he takes the children, takes them to the underworld. Okay, I've, I've heard that before. Most commonly, well, that, that was what Omi said, right? Um, uh, most commonly, I he'll like he'll take them and and eat them or or drown them in the river, right? But I have heard, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's kind of my my. Final thoughts, I think, is that it's just, it, it was an okay movie. It really could have stood to be rated R. It needed to be rated R. Yeah. Um, it was a it was a disappointment. Yeah, it, like it, it was it was a fine movie. I, I don't begrudge anybody for enjoying it. It just it wasn't the movie that I wanted to watch. It wasn't the one I paid for. Yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> we were talking because I saw it with a friend in Avalon, uh, my fiance. <laughs> And she liked it as a movie. Like, as a movie, it was fine. Uh, he liked it as a movie. It was fine. But there was no... There was no... Oh, well, that's a Krampus movie. Mm-hmm. There was no... There was so little time spent on building the Krampus character up, aside from the five-minute interlude that they did to, to kind of introduce the story, the ba- the bigger part of the story. Um, and it it really hurt from... Anybody who was going to see it, oh wow, it's you know when you, when you think of Krampus, you're like, oh wow, it's going to be a, you know, they're going to talk about like the ancient mythology and everything, and it just it just wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, any any last things to say? Should we just talk ratings? Um, my my like I I still enjoyed the movie. Sure. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need you to agree with my opinion. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fine, your opinion's wrong. <laughs> Fuck off. But yes, it's it's it didn't my, my two biggest complaints is that it, it wasn't crampusy enough and that they they clearly pulled punches. Like it's one thing to just have a PG thirteen movie, but it's clear that this one wanted to be an R movie and they pulled punches to, to make it down to PG thirteen. Yeah. 
Um, if, if you just take the idea of Krampus, like I said, if, if you're not a Krampus nerd, like apparently all three of us are, it's, it's probably much more entertaining. And if you take it that way, uh, it, it's still a good movie. Yeah. It's no Black Christmas. <laughs> but it's better than the remake of Black Christmas. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was expecting the gore from, from Black Christmas. That's what I was expecting. Mm. Just with Krampus. Yeah. Um, and I wanted him to be like a slasher. Like I expected this movie. To, like when people started being picked off, I'm like, oh, he's going to start wrecking fools. And then he stops wrecking fools. Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, without getting started again, uh, there was one point where there's a character walking down the street in this blizzard. Um, and you can see Krampus up on the rooftop. That was the coolest part of the movie. Yeah. By far. Yeah, a person starts running, and Krampus starts jumping from roof to roof after them. They reminded yeah. me of the Frighteners. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, but that, 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 I wish that they would have just kept on full bore with that, mm-hmm. that version of, you know, that version of Krampus. Right. Uh, you know, because it was hectic and frantic. I didn't feel hectic and frantic even during the action scenes. I'm like... I know, like, I already knew what was going, like, going to happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's where they're going, and I know where the end point is. When Krampus was up on the rooftop, I'm like, oh, well, it, you know, is this person going to go back, or are they going to be, you know, dead, or what? Yeah. So. Yeah, well, you know, walked into the theater expecting to see a movie about Krampus just killing people or, you know, eating them, whatever. Uh, and uh, I got people killing cookies with shotguns they either needed to go all krampus or no no krampus and go with just the the dangerous toys yeah and but instead they tried to walk this line up the middle and it just it didn't it didn't work yeah uh you know it's it's funny because i don't think i said this on the show but you and i talking it's like i was so concerned by this pt13 rating and the fact that it was so popular, everybody was talking about this movie. And, you know, Trick or Treat didn't get that. That's why it was just like this kind of underground, like, powerhouse. Well, I mean, it, it took Trick or Treat three years just to get distribution. Right. Uh, but the fact that this one was so popular and also had that PG-13 rating. And, you know, like, if you're familiar with... The, the horror film industry, you know that if you see a PG-13 rating, it's because they're trying, like the studio was trying to get more people in the theaters. Yeah. Which is weird because Legendary Studios, like, they're they're not necessarily a bad studio. They've made some really good films. But it it definitely seems like they handcuffed themselves from, yeah. from either Universal or, or, or Legendary's uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's all I got. Anybody I'm just else? hoping that this doesn't affect Trick or Treat Two, where the, they try to make it PG-13, or oh God, I hope not. Try and try and you know, like Max said, handcuff it. Trick or Treat Two, Electric Boogaloo. Just, just stop. <laughs> it's gonna happen. I hadn't even thought of that. That concerns me. Anyway, and now Tony is sad. <laughs> Worried. Anyway, Max number. I enjoyed it as a as a horror film, more more or less. Uh, I didn't like it as a Krampus movie, obviously. 
so I'll go ahead and, and I'll I'll get like a four point five out of ten. It's uh, you know it, it, it was fine. It's probably worth a watch uh, when it comes out on Netflix or or Blu-ray or something. But it's not it's not I. I'd actually like to go behind the scenes and like see how they made the Krampus suit. Like, yeah, that, that 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 would be more interesting than the film. <laughs> so um, I kept trying to make a comparison, but like I couldn't think of it. the the best comparison I could come up with was like a Christmas special of Tales from the Crypt. That is a wonderful comparison, right? Like, that is that's spot on. Basically, think of like a horror TV show and then a Christmas special of it. Sure. Yeah, you know, kind of tamed down for TV and yeah, yeah. I can see that. That's a, a, this. Was, this was like a TV movie. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there wasn't anything that really made it cinematic in nature. Yeah. Aside from it being, you know, in a, a, film, in a cinema. In a cinema. <laughs> uh anyway. Um, like I said, I still enjoyed it though. Uh, but it is like a family-friendly, you know, horror, quote-unquote. Uh, but sometimes those are the most fun. But like I said, I, those those two big complaints, and then, you know, they should have gone all Krampus or no Krampus. Uh, I'm going to give it a... I'll give it a six. Okay. Um, I... Like I said before, I mean, this is not what I paid for. This is not what I signed up to see. And that upsets me, because I don't like spending money. <laughs> um and uh but i mean like you both said this is the movie wasn't bad it's just not what i wanted to watch so i, I guess I, it's not fair to rate it that harshly just because it wasn't what i had expected you um, did it last week with hashtag or yes i did uh but yeah, I mean, like the, the movie itself is halfway decent, uh, and I think if I hadn't expected it to be one thing and could have just gone into it with no expectations, probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Um, but you know, that being the case, I think I, I'll give it a six too. It, it looks really good. It does. I mean, and it's well acted. I mean, you've got you know Adam Scott, Tony Colletti, David Koechner, all these really seasoned, well known actors, mm-hmm. and uh, and everybody you know, even the the kids do it do a good job in it. The acting was was good. Yeah, the acting was good. It, mm-hmm. It's just not. Yeah, it just wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if you are looking for a, like an anthology kind of movie, like Trick or Treat, with with a different take on Krampus, a Christmas horror story. I watched that last night. Did you? Yeah. It's good. pretty good. Yeah? I'm yeah. going to check that out. All right. So. And it's got Shats in it. Shats? Yeah. William Shatner. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that's all for Krampus. So I guess we will bid Max adieu. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. And you can follow me at, at Russell Subtitle on uh Twitter or wrestling with subtitles on Facebook. I tweet about wrestling and all the bullshit in Seattle. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I'll get your uh, your stuff for your T-shirt later. Peachy. Yeah. So uh, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, guys, and uh, have a horror Christmas. Thank you. We will. That's going to be a thing. I promise. <laughs> it's going to catch on. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs>
Not a hashtag horror Christmas, because that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, next movie is uh, Todd Nunes's All Through the House. My life was not the same when Jamie was taken from me. A pity. She could have been like you. You see, baby? They don't want to play with you. They ain't nothing but a bunch of naughty little children. Rachel, you gotta get out of that house. Okay, so All Through the House is a 2014 movie? Well, IMDb says 2015. All right, let's go with that. Um, uh, written and directed by our guest you heard earlier, Todd Nunez. Um, and yeah, so it's a, a Christmas horror, obviously. Um, it's a story of... Um, A homicidal Santa just running around and killing people, killing fools. Yep, pretty much. Um, uh, got the story of Ashley who has just come back. Is it, Rachel. Oh, sorry. It's played by Ashley. Played by Ashley. Um, yeah, the character Rachel who has just come back from school? You, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they ever actually say or not. I, I don't recall. Um, but it's very clear that she has come back to town and, like, her friends are welcoming her home and it's such. Um, she agrees to help uh, her neighbor put up some Christmas decorations. This, you know, kind of weird old lady um, played by... Uh, character by the name of Mrs. Garrett. Um, and, uh, yeah, like while she, she has to leave for, she says a date, but she says it's not a romantic date. So I don't know what that was supposed to mean. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but she leaves for a while and leaves, uh, Rachel and her friends in charge of finishing decorations. Um, and that's when this homicidal Santa starts coming after them. Uh, I mean, that's the, the basic gist of the movie. Yeah. There's, there's not really a lot you can say about the plot without giving things away because there's multiple twists in this movie. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's also like, I mean, feel like we're going to maybe start rehashing everything we just said in the interview, but, uh, I mean, lots of inspiration from different 
horror movies, not just Christmas movies, but, you know, like I, I said, I picked up on things from like Psycho and Halloween, um, but then also like Silent Night, Deadly Night and um, uh, Black Christmas, you know, you know, he's mentioning he he or Todd mentioned that he had drawn inspiration from all of these and you know and purposely put like nods to all these movies in the uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, thoughts. Um, if, if I had like the, my my biggest complaint about it right off the bat <laughs> is that it's it's the story is a little too convoluted. Like I said, there are multiple twists, and it's kind of hard to keep up with what's going on at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you know, you think you know what's going on, and then there's a twist. And then right when you start to figure out what's going on again, there's another twist. And so you're kind of like, wait, is that person this person? Is this person, is this their motive? Is this... So it gets a little confusing. Yeah, um, it does. But that's really my only complaint. That and some of the acting is a little... Little subpar, yeah. But uh, I like I like the the look of it. I like the look of the killer. I think the killer is really cool looking. the The mask is really cool. Yeah, you know he talked about that in the interview. Um, and plus, you know, you can see it on the poster. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very distinct looking mask. It's not something that you've seen a bunch of times, right? Um. It's it's nice and bloody. There's a lot a lot of good gore, a lot of good kill scenes. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I agree with you that the the story was a little confusing at times. I mean, like especially there's the opening scene, um, which is supposed to kind of introduce us to the killer. Uh, actually, features Jessica Cameron, mm-hmm. um, and as Sheila, apparently. <laughs> I mean, she's in the movie. I mean, spoiler alert: uh, she's in the movie for all of what, like five minutes. Yeah, and um, it's like it introduces us to the killer, uh, where the you know the killer acquires his garb, you know, Santa costume, um, and that that's it. I mean, there, there's no further mention of that first 10 minutes in the rest of the movie. So I was just, I mean, that, that, that started things out. Just me wondering what the hell was going on. Well, yeah, you would think, you know, if, uh, Rachel just came back from school or wherever it happens to be, people would be like, Oh, did you hear about Sheila? She fucking got axed. Well, I mean, presumably it would, it was the same night. So, you know, maybe, maybe they just hadn't heard about it yet. Yeah. I suppose. But, I mean, like, who is Sheila? What does she have to do with any of this? That, well, I mean, that's a common slasher thing, though. It's a cold open with just throwaway characters. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I think bef- before we even watched this, or maybe it was while we were watching it. I don't, I don't remember. But... You know the killer is like, like I said, just a, a Santa. You know, killer Santa. We've seen that before, but I mean, how many different ways can you do killer Santa? You know, mm-hmm. and so he uh, still has to look like Santa. 
Yeah. So uh, by doing something as simple as putting like this kind of customized mask underneath the the hair and beard, it was pretty effectual. It, it kind of gives like this, you know, uh, something where you where you see you know a, a red and white suit. You know, you instantly think happy thoughts of Santa. But then that really ominous mask just kind of makes it dark. So yeah. that was pretty effective, I think. Um, what, what did you think of, like, the characters? Um, I mean, they're pretty pretty stock slasher characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of them are attractive women with large breastuses. Yes, sir. And, uh, and that was cool. <laughs> I like boobies. <laughs> I do. That's <laughs> true. Um, not enough of them showed them. No, that was something I... Several times I thought that was coming and just didn't. Although it would be really awkward to be like, Hey, sis, let's go ahead and pop that top off. Yeah. Release the hounds. It's like, do it for the art. <laughs> Especially like as a director and you're just like, Okay, action. <laughs> Tell me when it's over. Shield your eyes. <laughs> Does it look cool? <laughs> um, yeah, there were characters that seemed unnecessary because they didn't seem to have much effect on the story itself. Yeah, there there were definitely some throwaway characters in this that just kind of, they were just cannon fodder. Yeah. Like... You know, she Rachel comes back into town, and she's confronted with who I'm presuming was an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that wasn't really clearly explained, but yeah. it, it did seem to be that way. But like the, he didn't really have much influence. He had on no the impact movie. on the movie at yeah. all. So I don't, I don't know why he was there. Yeah, he's he seemed a little superfluous. Um, and, uh, Rachel's, I kept waiting for him to come and like save the day or something, but he just stayed away the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, Rachel's grandma seemed unnecessary. She's good for a laugh. Well, I mean, she kind of had to explain the story a little bit of who the the killer was because she knew who the killer was kind of had to develop the backstory a little bit. I don't remember that. I don't know. Um, but she also kind of reminded me of the puppet grandma from Thanks Killing 3. <laughs> Not as foul-mouthed, but... <laughs> I forgot about that. How could you forget about that? I've tried. I've, I've tried so hard, and I can't forget about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> um, yeah, so... the. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. This is a great review. This this movie's hard to talk about both because we just talked to the writer and director and you like you heard all this stuff about the movie already. Yeah. Plus this the the story changes so many times that you know we can't even talk about up to the middle of the movie because then there's this twist there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we don't we don't want to give anything away, but I think if Yeah, I mean that's that's the bitch of like you know, reviewing movies, especially ones that aren't even out yet. Yeah. 
um, because you know you, you walk such a fine line between you know talking about it, reviewing it, and spoilers. So, um, but yeah, I mean the 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 characters that didn't seem unnecessary. I mean Rachel and her friends, um, and of course uh, Mrs. Garrett. And you know the Santa himself. Um, they 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 played well together. I mean, like the as far as like the story coming together. I mean, there were a lot of uh, twists. And, I mean, twists and kind of turns that kind of made the plot a little hard to follow. But it all kind of worked together. Like all the characters had purpose together. I guess. If you get what I mean, I think so. Um, it's like a, like I said, aside from these these throwaway characters, like uh, I, don't, I don't even remember the guy's name, the boyfriend. Yeah, Cody. Okay, well, I mean, like aside from him, all the primary characters that were in the central story, um, it seemed like it all bounced together with with each of them. So it, it didn't feel like any of them were just kind of there to fill space. Yeah. So that was a positive. What are you doing? I'm not doing anything. Oh, sorry. Um, what did you think about, like, obviously without spoiling it, who the killer ended up being and what their motive was? I saw it coming. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wasn't shocked at all. I did not. Um. And, uh, but I mean, you know, that that's when, when there's a, a mystery like that, like who, who, who's the killer and, you know, and why and actually, I should say, I didn't really know the what, reason why mm-hmm. I didn't put that together, but I knew who it was. <laughs> um, but when there's that kind of mystery, I, I usually spend pretty much the entire movie working it out and like trying to figure it out. So when I, when I know a surprise ending like that, it's not a big surprise to me. So that it's not a big surprise to me that I figured it out. So, um, but it was, it was good. Um, and the reasoning behind it, it was kind of a like, oh, oh what the fuck? Type it's thing, it's yeah. original. I'll give it yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, what what would you think? Um, like I said, oh, I didn't I didn't see a, it coming. Um, the like, but the the motive was was definitely something I hadn't seen before. Um, I wish I could say what it is because it's. It's something. Can we say what he's doing? Maybe not why, but what? Is that a spoiler? Mm. I mean, he does it like it does. He does it right away. Yeah, first like within ten minutes of the movie. Uh, sorry, Todd. We're gonna say it. <laughs> uh, he, he cuts off some dicks. He's chopping dicks. Yeah, he's just with that. You know. Every serial killer has their signature weapon, and 
Yeah, uh, I mean, you heard in the interview, Todd talked about how he had the shears because of what his mission was. And his, his mission is to cut some dicks. Yeah. He, he just, he, he carries around a bag of dicks. He does. Uh, and you do find out why. There is a specific reason why, but that we will not go into. No. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? I mean, I think we've covered it pretty well. Um, <coughs> a, I, I, if you like slashers and you like, you know, classic slashers like the Halloweens and the Friday 13ths, not so much Nightmare on Elm Street because that's kind of its own thing altogether. But just, you know, like that old school, late 70s, early 80s vibe, this fits with that. Yeah, definitely. That's why, um, you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night, that that uh, feeling came through so strong because it is, I mean, it's, it's a Christmas horror movie with a psychotic Santa, and it also really presents, like you said, that late 70s, early 80s slasher feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, it, it plays out, like, pretty much exactly how those movies were designed. So Yeah. He, de- he definitely has a, a feel for the material. Yeah. And he, know, he knows how to get that, that message across. And like I said, it's nice and bloody. Yeah. For sure. And some good good original kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that first one. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. That's about all I can say about I sp- it. I suppose that would get the job done. Yeah. It's like, that's like hateful shit. That's like <laughs> something you do to somebody like on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> like someone like someone who wronged you. Yeah. <laughs> like cutting dicks off. Yeah. The fuck, Todd. <laughs> um, uh, as we mentioned, this is doing the uh, the festival circuit right now. It actually won a couple awards. Uh, it won um, the best local feature at the Another Hole in the Head genre film festival, and then at the R.I.P. Horror Film Festival, it won the Audience Choice Award uh, as well as the R.I.P. Award. Oh, sorry, the the, the R.I.P. Award for best editing and best slasher. So, congratulations to them on that. Yeah, so it's doing the festivals, which means you can't see it. <laughs> um, I can't remember. I mean, pull the curtain back a little bit. We did the interview like a week ago, or a week ago today. So, I'm having a hard time remembering specifics. Did he say what they'd be looking at as far as release? Uh, I know he's at as far as DVD and uh, VOD and stuff. It would be next October. Got it. But I don't know if it's going to be in any kind of like limited theatrical release. Yeah. I mean, these days I don't really expect it from anything really. Yeah, that's true. I mean, let alone small budgets. Uh, all right. So anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, let's do numbers then. Um, I liked it. It's a good, fun, old school slasher. But I mean, you you have to watch it with the mindset of you're watching an indie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't expect big budget effects. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds cruel to say, and I, I don't mean it that way. But you have to kind of lower your standards. 
Right. I mean, yeah, you have to know what you're watching. Yeah. And it's, you know, for the budget, it is well done. Um, but like I said, at, at times, some of the acting, I, I won't call anybody out by name, but some of the acting is subpar. Not terrible. The, the acting is never terrible. I'll mm-hmm. say that. But at some points, some people aren't the best. It uh, kind of reminds, like the, like the parts you might call bad acting, it reminds me of watching like old like 50s movies. How just, so? Just like over the top. More like, yeah. more like stage acting rather than screen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's that. And then uh, the story is a, a little easy to get lost in sometimes. Uh, and I, I not, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, overall I think I'll, I'll give it a five. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm always, it, it sounds unfair, but I'm a little hesitant when I see like these micro budget films, you know, I, I'm, I, I go in expecting the worst, I guess. And it's it's totally not fair. I just I can't make my mind not do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'd say overall, I was pretty pleasant pleasantly surprised by this. Um, it was uh, done well. I mean, it shot well. The story was solid. Um, the like you said, the acting was pretty on point. Uh, you know, ninety nine. Percent of the yeah, time. for most of, most of it, um, and uh, yeah, and something that didn't now now that I know about it uh, because Todd told us about it in the interview. The fact that this town that they're in is just obsessed with with Christmas that added an extra element for me, and it also explained <laughs> why everything was so. Over the top Christmas, yeah. Although I'd love this just for you to find me that town nowadays. Yeah, really. There's some really fucked up visuals in this too. Yeah, just like weird shit that you're like, "What is that? Why?" Yeah, like, uh, oh, God damn, I keep forgetting the character's name. The, the neighbor, Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. Um, she has these Santa figures, like, the mannequins. Yeah, yeah. Inside and outside of her home. Those things are creepy as fuck. Creepy as shit. Like, there's one that has, like, whited out eyes. And it's fucking wacky, man. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, all in all, it was it was done pretty well. Um, and, uh, you know, on, judging on a, in, like, a low-budget independent scale, um, I think I'll, I'll give it a six. Yeah, like I said, if, I mean, if, if you're going to watch it expecting, you know, fucking a Platinum Dunes movie or something, you're going to think it's bad. Yeah. But for what it is, it's not bad at all. Right. It's actually quite good. Yeah. Yeah. I Most mean, good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you, you want a Christmas slasher movie? Then that, that's what you get. I mean, there's no, there's no frills. It's just a simple Christmas slasher movie. Yeah, <laughs> you get you get what you ask for. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So I mean that's that's a recommendation from both of us. Five point five. You know, it doesn't sound like a high score, but if you look at our rating system, that that's a recommend. Yeah. And uh, you know, not that you can see it. Yeah. But uh, he, you know, he. Sorry about your luck. He gave out 
his website and his Twitter and stuff. So you go and follow him and look to see if it's coming to your town and when and where you can see it. Right. So that'll do it for the reviews. Uh, just one more thing to attend to on this fine Christmas episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah, we're going to do some plot holes. So, Mr. Skeletoni, I need an adjective. And I'll give you one. Uh, poorly constructed. And a noun? One-legged hooker. Present tense verb. Jiggle. Noun? Uh, Ron Popeil flavor injector. Flavor injector. Plural noun. Horses from Enumclaw, Washington. <laughs> Adjective. Uh, old. Adjective. Beat red. Verb past tense. Autofilated. Verb. Throwing ropes. All right, so I made sure to make a very festive edition of Plot Holes this time. So we're going to find out just what Tony has done to the classic Black Christmas. Billy Lenz. Oh, wait, I take that back. This is the remake. Oh. Billy Lenz, a severely poorly constructed... Billy Lenz, a severely poorly constructed child, finally snaps under years of brutal one-legged hooker by his family. That didn't work. Nope. Killing and jiggling them in an explosion of violence on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Shake them to death like a baby. For years, the Lens House stands vacant, but in time it's purchased and renovated as the new Ron Papil flavor injector for a college sorority. (laughs) A A few days before Christmas, a handful of sorority sisters, Dana, Melissa, Kelly, and Heather, are enjoying a quiet evening with their house mother, Barbara, exchanging gifts and swapping horses from Enumclaw, Washington, before heading home for a holiday break. While Barbara remembers the story of Billy's crimes, the atmosphere... Horse fucking. Thank you. (laughs) Enumclaw. You done? (laughs) While Barbara remembers the story of Billy's crimes, the atmosphere is old until the young women receive the first in a series of beat red telephone calls. Before long, they learn that Billy has autofillated after years in a mental institution and has come back to the house where he grew up to once again throw ropes of blood for the Christmas season. (laughs) (laughs) You should see a doctor. I was just going to say that. Well, uh, that wasn't one of the best, but, you know. Not one of the worst. Can't all be winners. Um, So, that's going to do it for our second Christmas episode. No, third Christmas episode. Christmas! Yay! Um, And uh, that's going to do it for 2015. Oh, yeah. So, um... Thanks again, guys. I mean, we said this last episode, but thanks again for sticking with us through another year. Uh, it's been a lot of ups and downs, uh, but um, you know, we we come back fighting. We're glad you come back with us. So, um, although keep an ear out for our end of the year award show. Oh right. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it will happen <laughs> at some point <laughs> um, next March. <laughs> Uh, also, keep an eye or ear out for um, our upcoming Drunken Cinema. It's going to be Christmas themed. Uh, might actually, we're probably going to release it the same day as this one. Are we? I think. Maybe. I don't know. That's a lot of editing. We usually release them on Fridays. That's Christmas. 
we could release it on Christmas. Are people going to get drunk and watch a movie? On, well, I guess a lot of people do to get drunk. Movies <laughs> <laughs> are Christmas. Um, I don't know. We'll figure it out. It'll be sometime before Christmas. You could always honor subs- before Christmas. You could always subscribe to the show, and yes. then you'll you'll get it no matter when it posts. Right. Good looking out. <laughs> um. So yeah, um, but thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, wish you uh, Merry Christmas and you know happy whatever other holiday you celebrate. Good Merlin peen. What? A good Merlin peen to our Verdukian friends? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Verdukianism. I don't know what that is. You made that up. No, I didn't. What is it? Frank Rossitano made it up. Who, who's Frank Rossitano? I'll tell you when you're older. Uh, God damn it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Fuck off. And a happy Festivus to the rest of us. Yes. So, um, and happy new year, of course. Um, and that's going to do it for us. So we will catch you again next year. Uh, till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. It's not for everybody to have a Christmas party. Everyone